All right, and we're live again. We're going to give this another try. Testing. Let's see if this works. Okay, we are in. Welcome to, to the Vigorous Q&A, guys. Let me quickly uh, load all the questions that I wanted to load, which the previous live stream didn't let me. So let me uh, look that up right away and do some channel maintenance. All right, where are the questions? Hopefully you guys found your way to the new chat or to the new live stream. All right, guys, I see your questions, so we are all good there. And questions are going through. Uh, hopefully everything will be okay. Technical difficulties every single time. Okay, so got the questions loaded. Uh, a couple updates. Since uh, Mark Bell had his channel deleted for what was it, two or three days, I decided to remove all uh, possible links from my link tree and the uh, control F source list on my website um because it's not worth the risk right so uh, i went through all of my videos where i could have possibly linked or mentioned particular websites and i think i've done my fair share of um right digging to remove all of the possible links to something that youtube wouldn't agree with but um in the videos it's not an issue up until now but linking directly which i actually never did linking directly anywhere in the description section or in the comment section that's obviously not allowed, allowed as uh, documented in the YouTube, uh, what is it, uh, guidelines or whatever it's called. So um, I, I think I went through most of the videos that uh, go through gray area websites, but I will offer a $50 to $100 bounty for each link that you guys can find, right? But that's in the video itself. So if you hear me say somewhere, um, website xyz.com with discount code VIGOROUS, send me the timestamps and the link and i'll uh, gladly pay you 50 bucks 100 bucks or even more if you can find more of those links so i can remove those right now it's not an issue um but i'm sure in the future at one point or another even mentioning particular websites and that you have discount codes for them, uh, basically offering a referral uh, that will not be allowed so this is your opportunity to make some money all you have to do is watch some videos and uh and and send me the <laughs> Send me the timestamps so I can remove that myself. So uh, that also means that particular websites are now added to the ban list right, of the spam filter because it's too risky. It's too risky. And even though I'm sure if my channel got flagged or whatever, I'd be able to know a guy or I know a guy who can call a guy who can get everything reinstated. But, you know, you don't want to make that those phone calls unless it's absolutely necessary. So... Uh, that is basically the update. Uh, that also means that instead of uh, doing a public control F source list, um, there might be a, uh, what is it called? A mailing list in the making. Stay tuned for that. It will be part on the website, let's say a week or so from now, where you can just sign up and then I'll keep you up to date on what is the latest and greatest. Uh, what else? Oh, let me just start answering these questions. All right, Social Justice Warrior asks, Sub Sir, any advice on lumps of oil from the subcutaneous shots I accidentally pinned at a dose uh, sub Q in my chest? Is there any way to break apart the depot as part from massaging it or just leave it? Uh, I got a little distracted by a chick I was talking to and messed up my shot. 
did you mess up your shot with the chick or did you mess up the shot of your injection right that's a big difference i hope you still got late and that you just got uh, a subcutaneous oil uh, depot so um man intramuscular shots on the chest that's pretty brutal I, i'm okay with increlex or igf1 or um well, I can't even mention that anymore. <laughs> Injectable pre-workout. I'm not against that. But um, yeah, intramuscular uh, oil-based injections in the chest. I, I did it a couple of times and I wouldn't recommend it. So uh, that aside, uh, you're just going to have to wait to let that dissipate. You can massage it, maybe take a hot bath, you know, take one of those Laclos balls and just kind of roll it around to kind of disperse the oil through the subcutaneous space so it looks a little bit less bumpy. But it should be gone in, like, say, let's say, 7 to 10 days, uh, depending on the carrier oil that you just injected. All right, the lipases will work on the, cell, uh, on the surface of the uh, injection depot, disperse that, turn that into little fat droplets. By the time that happens, let's say, 7 to 10 days from now, um, it should not be visibly... Um, well, it should not be uh, visible uh, to inspect, right? And uh, and then after that, it will just slowly, slowly, slowly absorb. So give it some time, and then everything will sort itself out. All right, and make sure that you um, seal the deal with the girls first before you do your shots. All right, don't do it at the same time. Unless she was twerking or something in front of you while you're in the bathroom doing shots, uh, then I understand the priorities. <laughs> Uh, Alvaro JD asks, thoughts on fructose as a carb source? Um, is there too much of a difference in the off-season compared to rice, for example? Well, it depends on how you um, consider your fructose. Right? If it's coming from fruit, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if you take it around workout time. I mean, there's some scientific evidence that fructose uh, coming from fruit or, or direct fructose sources, right? processed fructose, uh, high fructose corn syrup, for example, in, in ketchup or you know, fruit juices or whatever, or um, what is it, uh, sodas. I mean, that basically convert into triglycerides right away and that ruins insulin sensitivity, gets promoted as fat storage. And so if you if your fructose comes from fruits, bananas, watermelon, pineapple, etc., I think it's all okay around the workout, pre-workout, post-workout. And then the rest of the day, you want a little bit lower glycemic index carbs, uh, whether that's rice mixed with quinoa or rice mixed with sweet potatoes, a vertical diet style. I think it's a combination of multiple carb sources during the off-season is ideal because then you can kind of play with the glycemic index and the glycemic load and also get different micronutrients in your diet because, of course, fruits have different micronutrients compared to starchy carbohydrate sources. So um, when in doubt, just take all of them, but in the total caloric intake and total carbohydrate intake, that is uh, part of your micronutrient, uh, micronutrient breakdown. All right, so take it easy. Let's see. Akagratak uh, Occult. Okay. Uh, what is your opinion on calisthenics for a strength longevity perspective? Uh, I mean, go for it. Go for it. I mean, I, I, of course, there's a right way and wrong way to do it. So if you go to do those crazy calisthenic workouts with your body weight and you tear uh, your chest or your bicep or whatever, then it was obviously not good for a longevity because now you're recovering and you can't really work on your physical performance during that time. Um, but I'm not against it, dude. I mean, when I traveled for a year through Asia, I think the first four months or something or six months when I was three months, something like that, the first couple of months, let's put it that way, I was doing push-ups and, and, and tricep, uh, you know, uh, push-downs and that kind of shit. Uh, while I was traveling and then after a while I gave up because my protein intake was basically non-existent but yeah I mean it's better than nothing 
<laughs> it's better than nothing. But if you, have, if you have access to a gym, I would rather go to the gym so you can socialize a little bit and lift a little bit more heavy weight compared to your body weight. All right, Super Chats incoming. All right, hopefully the internet is not too bad. I see it's lagging a little bit. Ugh. No, technical difficulties, it is the day of that day. Kusha, uh, what duration, frequency, and target heart rate do you recommend for fasted cardio for general health? Well, it could be what zone two is, uh, you know, the popular saying nowadays, but it could be uh, 125, 130, 135 beats per minute. That's usually where I'm at during fasted cardio, but I prefer full body fasted cardio instead of just walking on the treadmill. It's kind of boring. Um, so I do the elliptical. So you use your legs and your arms and you just paddle away. And I'm usually about 135 uh, right now, because now, right now I don't use a beta blocker, but when I use a beta blocker, it's excuse me, it's a little bit lower, maybe 130, 125, also dependent on how much cardio I do and how intense it is, because there's some, you know, adaptation. And the longer you do a certain intensity of cardio, uh, the more your heart rate adapts, the more efficient you get, and then you have to increase the intensity, sometimes to the detriment of your leg recovery, because now your legs, um, of course, the intensity is so high that your leg recovery from the leg workouts, if you have one or two per week, and then daily fasted cardio, I mean, it's, I know, it starts to take its toll. So sometimes you have to cycle through it. And if your heart rate ends up at 125 and, and you know, you can have a conversation, but you're a little bit out of breath and you start to sweat a little bit and you get those, you know, the, the bronchial expansion where you, you know, you breathe in deep and you really feel your chest cavity open up. I think that's fine, dude. And it's not just the heart rate, um, but just overall how you feel. You do that for 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the morning, get your day started. I don't care what the scientific evidence says that it doesn't matter whether you do fast cardio or, um, you know, post-workout cardio or cardio at any point during the day. Regarding fat loss and overall net outcome, um, I feel that fasted cardio, especially when you combine it with performance-enhancing drugs, um, is superior than cardio at any other point during the day when it's interrupting your day. And when you do it fasted, um, you get your day started with something positive right, for your insulin sensitivity and your fat loss and uh, giving yourself 20 to 30 minutes to um, watch some bullshit YouTube videos. Yeah, like this one, for example. I, I, I do two and a half hour live streams. I mean, it gives you five days of content to sift through already. You don't even need to go to another channel. <laughs> Just watch this. Uh, does that count for uploaded live streams as well? What, did I miss something? Did I miss a question? Uh, T-Flow, good morning from the West Coast. Thank you for all you do. Uh, man, any benefits to cycling off growth hormone for a few weeks after six months on six IUs or just A on it if health markers are okay? Uh, if you want to save some money, but besides that, or you want to look leaner, after three weeks, most of the water has been dissipated. You can take your pictures. I know, like, oh, fuck, he lost so much fat. No, it's just growth hormone water. <laughs> so let's say let's say you have a special event, right? I mean, it's not beach time yet, but let's say uh, there's a wedding or something or a birthday party or, uh, I don't know, an opportunity for you to go to the strip club and you expect to be on stage next to the go-go dancers, shirtless, right? whipping your shit around. Okay, you stop the growth hormone like two or three weeks before, save a little bit of money in the process, which you can now spend to the strip club. And then when you are at the strip club, at least you can impress the go-go girls, um, which are only going to give you a lamp dance and maybe a blowjob if you're cute. Uh, but at least that way, <laughs> at least, 
at least that way you have a good night right and then the pictures which you shouldn't be taking in the gogo bar but if if they allow you to take pictures then at least those pictures you look good right so <laughs> oh it only took 12 minutes for this live stream to get derailed um so besides that uh, I'm, I'm i'm imagining this now in my head uh besides that I, I don't see a reason to come of growth hormone if you're perfectly healthy yeah all right let's move on before we really go nasty uh flare 93 blood pressure is 115 over 70 but heart rate is 75 i do cardio four times per week do you recommend the bivalol no why uh or should i just take a morning or at night so it could be that your heart rate is slightly elevated because your um fuck, what is it diastolic or the systolic i keep missing this up thank god for google systolic <laughs> so your systolic blood pressure is a little bit on the low side and your diastolic is a little bit on the high side comparatively to all the blood work results that i've seen we're talking about 10 to 5 pounds off but your resting heart rate is 75. now what could that be could that be a low blood volume right not enough sodium in your bloodstream to the point your heart has to pump faster to sustain blood volume that could be the case um it could be that you're maybe a little bit overtrained a little bit inflamed a little bit not enough sleep maybe too much caffeine right look into all of those things before you add it in the bivol. the nabivol is end stage blood pressure and uh, heart rate management you're already doing the cardio so that's good but you can do other things sodium magnesium potassium phosphorus calcium look into that water intake lowering inflammation maybe scheduling a week off sleeping better right? all these things can affect your heart rate so um nabivalol would be last on that list and especially considering your blood pressure is not bad at all and i would say that the systolic is even a little bit on the low side um i, I wouldn't recommend it to you if you were my client no no I would try to get your heart rate down besides the cardio by looking into the other things, which I just mentioned. All right, next one. Carlos H., new member. Welcome to the Vigorous Crew, bro. All right, Thomas, uh, what do you think about a little clear whey isolate or head less whey on top of essential amino acids into workout? Yeah, that would be okay. Uh, maybe 10 grams hydrolyzed whey protein and then 10, 15 grams essential amino acids as an intra. Um, because, of course, essential amino acids don't really need digestion. They just permeate into the, you know, through the, the intestinal tract right into your bloodstream. And then, uh, unfortunately, a good amount of those are just the gluc, uh, you know, convert into uh converting the glucose through gluconeogenesis but hydrolyzed whey takes a little bit of digestion so it might slow the digestion of the essential amino acids and then have a i don't know like a trickling effect alongside the essential amino acids i mean uh, honestly i haven't really looked into this specific specific combination uh, and I, I don't think it's ever been studied right? essential amino acids and hydrolyzed whey it's usually just by itself um but feel free to give it a try. And of course, if you combine that with high brain cyclic dextrins or dextrose or another uh, simple carbohydrate source, right, you're also lowering gastric emptying and, and absorption rate because it all has to be digested and passed into the intestinal tract. So uh, I think as long as you sip it, right, you, treat, you treat your intra-workout shake as an IV drip. So you have a sip and then you have maybe two gulps of water and then you have another sip, right? And you finish that drink about 15 minutes, 20 minutes before you expect to finish your workout um i think that's good 
I think that's totally fine. My issues with essential amino acids and hydrolyzed whey, just uh, if you keep drinking that during the workouts, you know, it's sometimes it's a little bit too sweet. And then if you train uh, legs, balls through the wall, I feel a bit luscious sometimes. So if if I have an essential amino acid into workout, it's it's usually either heavily diluted or just something that's uh, very flavored, very very sparingly. All right, David Frey. Steve, I did blood tests, uh, the generic GH I was taking. IGF-1 came back at 451 nanograms per deciliter. Fuck yeah, bro. How would you rate that? Uh, is that true, wrong uh, marker to judge? I mean, it's it's not the best marker to judge, but based on this IGF-1, I would say that your generics work because it's very rare for people to have this high of an IGF-1 naturally. And now it matters how much generic GH were you taking? Were you taking two IUs, four IUs, five IUs, 10 IUs, 20 IUs, right? That also plays a factor. If you use two IUs and you get such high IGF-1, beautiful. If it's four, still good. If it's 10, hmm. If it's 20, fuck. <laughs> Right. Uh, not, now, of course, there's a negative feedback loop on how much IGF-1 you can produce in the liver, right? I mean, serum IGF-1 is direct uh, negative uh, uh, negative feedback on, on further IGF-1 production. Um, so, you know, some guys will get like 400, 600, maybe even 800 nanograms per deciliter. Uh, but it depends on your liver health and how high your estradiol levels are and, and a multitude of other factors. So uh, uh, for now, I would say it's good. It's better than my levels, and I take Increlex. But I do it intramuscularly, and I don't really care where it ends up in serum. So that's so far so good. But if it's 20, I use a, a generic GH, then damn. Send it to me. I'll take care of it for you. Now, you'll be happy to know that I think next week there will be a video about how to maximize growth hormone secreted gogs regarding a growth hormone production and IGF-1 production downstream with various practices and over-the-counter supplements. So a particular uh, combination of uh, GHRH, growth hormone releasing hormone receptor agonist, and a ghrelin agonist, and the ways to reduce somatostatin, and, and boost further growth hormone secretion from the pituitary that will drop next week. Um, obviously, you're not taking any uh, uh, you know, growth hormone secreted cock, but you might be inspired to switch. Yeah. All right, David, welcome to the Vigorous Crew. Let's see. Holy shit, $20. Now we're talking, now we're talking go 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 bar money. Nice work, Matt. Hey Steve, first time using Superdrol, injectable form. All right. Guidelines on starting doses and frequency slash half-life. With 10 milligrams every day, one to two hours pre-workout be suitable, or should it be dosed two times per day, five milligrams per shot? Um, yeah, I would do 10 milligrams, but bilaterally. So it's total 20 milligrams. Because if you're Superdraw is like a two-week love affair. And after 10 days, that love affair starts to diminish already. So you can do 10 milligrams, but the duration of that love affair is not going to extend beyond two weeks. Some guys can do three weeks, some guys can do four weeks, but most guys uh, will start to feel like shit. Right? See the central nervous system fatigue and appetite suppression and just overall lethargy and then just feeling unhealthy because it's so potent, whether that's 10 milligrams or 20 milligrams. So even though it's your first time, uh, and even though I'm for harm reduction all the way, if you're going to do it, 
10 milligrams per side and shut the fuck up and make sure that it's in mct oil um because ethyl oleates propylene glycol etc i mean we uh, we saw that carrier all deep dive right i mean it's highly inflammatory and uh, it will give you more post ingestion pain than it's good for you i would do 30 minutes 30 minutes to one hour honestly it doesn't really matter if you pin it right away and start training it probably better because in the one to two hours that you injected pre-workout by that time you hit the gym some of that is already dispersed and goes systemic so i would rather inject i mean it doesn't need to be metabolized right it's super draw it doesn't have an ester it works right away so you pin it you go to the gym you start working out 20 minutes 30 minutes later at most one hour it's not insulin where it goes subcutaneous and it has to go systemic and then starts opening the muscle cell for you to absorb food right and, and nutrients carbohydrates electrolytes etc uh, this works right away the side of administration i would uh, use my injectable pre-workout i would use my injectable pre-workout whether that's steroids or uh, you know atp uh, based uh, i would use it right away go to the gym and get busy and then as this uh, the pump is going into the muscle the the active pharmaceutical ingredient is dispersing activating the particular receptors in this case the androgen receptor maybe some glucocorticoid receptor inhibition and then uh, you go to town yeah 10 milligrams per side and then 10 weeks 14 days later or 10 not 10 weeks 10 days 14 days later you're ready to throw in the towel so you have basically two workouts per body parts to hit some prs on the super draw uh, uh, protocol and then it's time to come off and and make sure you have tatka and atka or tatka or atka and and acetylcysteine and fiber in your diet right it just makes sure you keep your liver healthy because even though um injectable superdrol you're uh, bypassing first pass metabolism in the liver it just means that there's more superdrol available for second pass which will still be hepatotoxic yeah so put that all in place Fuck, i would kill with for some injectable superdrol right now yeah <laughs> good shit Derek what's up Derek what's up Derek uh how do I partake in exotic pleasures when <laughs> well uh well uh, uh, t well yeah the first thing you have to do is book your ticket to Thailand and then you straight from the airport you take a taxi to Padia um I would bring your train because all the train in Thailand is kind of you know inflammatory even though train itself is also inflammatory, inflammatory prostaglandin release. Uh, still, the, the lower your inflammation is, the better. Otherwise, you can't uh, enjoy in your exotic uh, pleasures. And then uh, you spend a week or two there. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, if I was single and if I, you know, wanted to take train, which I'm not and I'm not. <laughs> so but yeah that that would probably be the way to do it and otherwise uh you know what we discussed earlier you take the growth hormone out and you save a little bit of money so you can go to the go-go bar and if you're in trend like godlike shape then uh, it shouldn't be too difficult to um get some phone numbers yeah what do you think about 500 micrograms albuterol pre-fasted cardio if taken in injectable form how long uh, before should you pin it i, I would take that because this has to go systemic right so it, it doesn't really work as much at the side of administration this i would take maybe 30 minutes one hour before uh starting cardio so and i would take also a little bit more because it seems that albuterol 500 micrograms is a little bit on the low side uh, but of course, it's a great starting point. So maybe you tried it for a week before you bump it up to one milligram, two milligram albuterol uh, pre-workout. You think um, 
no, the injectable pre-workout with Albuterol, one of my favorite websites, which shall not be named. Um, I think it was two milligrams. Let me have a look. Man, it's such a shame, no? That you get, you know, increasingly castrated from saying certain words <laughs> online. <laughs> well, you better sign up for that uh, newsletter. So I don't have to be censored. Don't worry, I'll be there next week. All right, where are we? Let me quickly look what the injectable dose was. I forgot. Mm -mm. Excuse the interjection. Yeah, two milligrams per milliliter with 50 milligrams ATP. And 400 milligrams per milliliter L-carnitine. Oh, man. Best shit ever. All right, let's scroll down a little bit. Looks like we're a bit behind. Uh, Fragrance Man, what is the best dose and frequency to cycle on and off HCG to prevent testicular function and volume? I don't want it to atrophy on TRT. In my opinion, you don't need to cycle off HCG on TRT. If the dose is around 250 IUs, three times per week, which seems to be the most effective dose and protocol based on the scientific evidence. At one point in time, I will get to a best dose of ATG protocol uh, and then uh, basically combine all the previous ATG videos and the comments that I made there um, to keep you guys up to date because there seems to be some confusion, right? A couple of years ago, I made a video about ATG doesn't work after a while, but that was in the context of bodybuilders cycling fucking hard and taking Nandrolone, Tristolone, or Trembolone, right? Where there appears to be some downregulation. So guys on Trembolone, for example, or high-dose Nandrolone, um, you know, they have testicular shrinkage because they're progestogenic 19 ores to activate or inhibit uh, testicular function through the progesterone receptor as well. So now estrogen is high, testosterone is high, and then trembolone androlone is high. The androgen receptor activation is high, and progesterone uh, receptor activation is also high. So now you get testicular shutdown through three angles. And then, you know, based on the research that I've done, if you start with ACG in the beginning, it might, mark, uh, might work, but there seems to, some, seems to be some sort of gene, uh, G-protein coupled, what is it, coupled G-protein, activation or signaling the, the g-protein signaling from the luteinizing hormone chorionic gonadotropin receptor the lhcg receptor downstream to the sertoli cells that g-protein that seems to be diminished when there's some sort of nandrolone or progesterone uh, activation in place so this is the video i made back then but now i realize not everybody is a hardcore bodybuilder like i used to be i mean i'm not even a hardcore bodybuilder anymore so i think it's we're due for an update um and again if i see a lot of comments about hcg like i saw about bpc 157 then this hcg video might be um rolled up in the priority list right so if you want to see it just spam it in the comment section and then i feel incentivized to uh, get to work on and uh, what's the best dose of atg uh, talking about the best dose of uh, compound xyz bpc 157 monday anavar next week uh, the week after that and then um i was working on trembolone but let's see maybe atg can be uh, you know rolled up through the list and then of course the best dose of growth hormone secretagogues also a video like that right nobody cares about the scientific history and um you know the, the the prevention of cancer and that kind of stuff but the best dose that's what people get out of bed for so uh to answer your question if you don't want atrophy 250 ios atg three times a week monday wednesday friday or whenever you prefer and i think that's very sustainable i've been using a thousand ios hg for uh i think over a year 
And well, you look at my semen parameters and my semen volume and my testicular function and my total testosterone levels, I would say that uh, uh, no, uh, no atrophy or downregulation yet. But then again, I don't take exogenous testosterone and certainly don't take nandrolone, and trembolone or testosterone or check drops or mebolone, metribolone, one of those. Uh, RB rambles and does fitness. What a name. I have slight ABOB gyno, still on testosterone, anivore, dianabol, anything I can do to shrink it more. I'll take the dianabol out would be my first recommendation. I take Novadex one week, uh, 20 milligrams, keeps it very small and no irritation. So uh, I made a video about raloxifene, and it seems that it's able to shrink gyno by half um, at 120 milligrams per day. I did that for four weeks, but the first two months, so I did eight weeks on 60 milligrams to see what the effect was. That was not that dramatic. And then I increased to 120 milligrams. Also, you have to keep in mind that the cumulative dose of 60 milligrams raloxifene over an eight week period contributes to the results on four weeks on 120 milligrams raloxifene. Um, so there was already a little bit of shrinkage, but it was not that noticeable. But once I upped the dose, to 120 milligrams raloxifene, um, I noticed a gyno shrinkage by about 50%. Now, in my case, my gyno was already formed. Uh, some of that uh, I formed right after I broke my leg, and, and somehow I formed gyno. I still have no idea why. Was it from the surgery drugs or, or because I, uh, you know, went from peak prime physique natural, right, um, down to, I don't know, some sort of hormonal roller coaster, gaining some body fat because I was immobilized for a couple months, uh, laying in bed trying to recover my he uh, knee or my, my broken leg. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but that's how I developed gyno the first time. And then the second time I developed gyno when I started to combining testosterone with dantalone and not understanding that uh, you need to up your aromatized inhibitors. So um, my gyno was already pre-existing, but for you, if it's able bomb gyno, right? You have some non-genomic response from anadrol that might exacerbate a pre-existing gyno or, or some sort of estrogen receptor overlap, which hasn't really been investigated. Um, and then of course, if you keep taking the D-ball with methyl estradiol, then you keep aggravating the tissue, even if you take Nolvidex. So long story short, watch that raloxifene video. Let me link it down for you because that's, uh, you know, the usual shtick. Raloxifene... Well, I got to go to my, uh, I still don't know what a previous live stream didn't work. Let's set that private in the meantime. StreamYard, man, unreliable as fuck. High dose raloxifene. Yeah, and the main reason why I discontinued raloxifene is uh, clotting risk. <laughs> I'm scared, man. Anything that has to do with clotting risk? Hell no. <laughs> hell fucking no. No, no, and clomiphene, no clomid, no raloxifene. I mean, maybe nowadays it will be uh, uh, less risky because it seems that the fluorona um, situation is uh, certainly a lot better than a couple of years ago. But, you know, you never know, man. Never know. So look, give that video a watch. The effective dose seems to be 120 milligrams per day. Take the D-ball out, check your serum estradiol levels uh, to keep that under control, and then uh, and then give it four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. But your gyno will never be 100% gone, right? And when I stopped the raloxifene, my gyno came back a little bit, but it's not as bad to the point I feel that I uh, need to do surgery. And surgery also comes with clotting risk. It's scary, man. 
Marco Marcel, hey Steve, how do you manage Azure Dial while only on ACG as part of PCT? Is Dino method and Calcium Dick look great enough? Um, yeah, you can. You can take dynomethan, calcium, deglucrate, zinc, or look into decaro inositol at, let's say, 1,000 milligrams to 1,200 milligrams per day. There's some scientific evidence that shows that decaro inositol can downregulate aromatized enzyme activity. Uh, do you want me to link that those studies? Well, might as well, right? Decaro. I'm taking decaro inositol right now at 500 milligrams, and I bumped it up to, um, to 1,000 milligrams, but I can't really say that my testosterone levels are any different. Uh, 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 here it is. That's actually two studies of this. No, uh, uh, uh. Oh, no, that's the full study. Inhibits ovatory aromatous. Okay, well, there's one study. All right, it's linked down below. Save. So have a look at that. But, um, you know, if, if you're on ATG only and you're going to start selective estrogen receptor modulators to finish your PCT, then I wouldn't worry about estradiol too much because an, an Ovidex, Clomet, and Clomiphene, Roloxifene, whatever you're going to use, is going to block the estrogen receptors anyway. Carlos H, just renewed my membership. The vigorous Q&A with a good cup of coffee in hand is an essential part of my Saturdays now. All right. All right. I hope you'll get your shit break in after you finish your cup of coffee because everybody knows exactly what happens after you get that first cup of coffee in of the day. Certainly happens to me. D-Lo, you recently mentioned some new info on Carterine. I've been trying to find anything new on PubMed. We couldn't find anything. Could you point me in the right direction? You're the best. Um, well, so I did a recently, I did a, a research for uh, Carterine on PubMed. And it's very simple. You can just go to PubMed and type in Carterine or GW1516. If PubMed would load, government websites, man. Probably getting a, de a designated denial of service attack. Uh, GW51516. I did a recent search and I saw a boatload of new cancer studies. Man, there's like 250 studies on Carterine now. That's more than some SARMs. <laughs> Oh, no, it's finding like GW957. Uh, let me find. The search functionality of the National Library of Medicine is absolutely terrible. Anyway, I found some new cancer evidence. It's like from 2023, 2021. I, I didn't really look into it that in depth, but um, it's on the to-do list. But again, if you want to see uh, a best dose of Carterine uh, deep dive where I go into the literature, then just ask for it. And if I see enough comments, I understand that there's enough demand and then it's worthy um, of my time to make a video about it because uh, I had all the time that I spent researching and that I spent paying my editor to edit everything together, um, it, there has to be a little bit of return of investment there, right? So, because otherwise I can play with my cats or make other videos. So um, I, I think I found like five or six new cancer studies. Let's see.
2017. Anyway, I'll have to do some search, but go to uh, go to PubMed and type in Carterine and uh, cancer. <laughs> you should be able to sort by publication. Would using a replacement dose of T3 and T4 be smart when doing an aggressive cut? Um, if your blood work shows that it's required, then yes. So you have to do your blood work, check your total T3, free T3, total T4, free T4, thyroid stimulating hormone. I would start with T4 first and, and look into iodine and selenium supplementation. If you take growth hormone, it's probably not required to supplement with T3. But again, if you take growth hormone and T4 together and your T3 levels are still not um, you know, high enough and your thyroid stimulating hormone starts to creep up somehow and you know that you get adequate amounts of selenium in your diet for de-iodinase enzyme activity, which contain a lot of selenium, um, then yeah, maybe T3 is required. Um, then again, it will make you flat and will burn you up and increase your metabolic rate to the point you might go catabolic. Even 25 micrograms T3 might make you catabolic. And now all this aggressive cutting um, is aggressively cutting your hard-earned muscle tissue. Matt Salvador, thanks for your detailed answer, Steve. Not much info online on injectable superdrol. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But um, uh, if anybody is to ask, it would be... Um, uh, Man, what is his name? I just did a podcast with him. Oh, <laughs> dude, Steve, what's wrong with you? I have to go down my list. Oh my God, Roman Fritz. Holy shit. Yeah, Roman Fritz. He would be the guy to ask, but don't flood his DMs with questions about injectable super draw. D3, uh, should I expect higher estradiol and ATG monotherapy versus testosterone replacement therapy if testosterone levels end up the same? 1,300 nanograms for example. Um, that is hard to say. That is hard to say because you're stimulating testosterone production in the Sertoli cells and you have aromatized enzymes within the testicles as well, which you can't inhibit with aromatized enzymes or other phytonutrients which have aromatized in inhibiting effects. Um, right? Compared to the testosterone that you inject coming from exogenous sources, if you do that sub-Q every single day, of course the testosterone, uh, the ester has to be metabolized. And then the, the, the testosterone is transported with albumin or sexual hormone globulin, ultimately ending up uh, the sexual hormone globulin receptor complex or freeing up somewhere close to the androgen receptor and attaching there. And then part of this testosterone is converted into uh, estradiol in mostly in the adipose tissue where, you know, the peripheral uh, aromatized enzymes are present. Um, man, it would be hard to say. Hard to say. Do blood work on both. Right. If, if, if you don't know, if you don't know what to expect, if you're in doubt, you're not sure, do uh, ATG monotherapy for a couple of weeks, do blood work, and then do TRT without ATG for a couple of weeks, do blood work, and then put two and two together because TRT plus ATG, TRT plus is better than um, just exogenous testosterone. And then you look at the DHE and pregnenolone, you add a little bit of growth hormone, you know, and then you turn it to TRT plus plus, and then Primo is next, right? And before you know it, you're on a cycle like mine, use a cycle like I used to do. Yeah. Schlock. <laughs> Schnicked. Is that the Wolverine sound where it shoots up? Schlock. Is that the one? 
Let's see what Google says. Schlock. If I get a picture of Wolverine, no. But if I search for schnicked, that's Wolverine. <laughs> All right. Let's not get off topic. What are the me mechanisms behind a central, central nervous system stimulatory effects of compounds as in trend uh, halotestin and are there any compounds that are very uh, strong in this effect? So central nervous system stimulation could come from multiple different things. It could be cholinergic. It could be, um, you know, the flight or flight response from um, the trembolone halotestin increasing uh, norepinephrine and epinephrine levels. So central nervous system, central nervous system stimulation is basically an effect on neurotransmitters. Right, and how the signaling between your brain and the rest of your body occurs. So if your choline uh, levels uh, are increased, or your dopamine levels are increased, or your norepinephrine epinephrine levels are increased, which dopamine converts into norepinephrine converts into epinephrine. So if you start raising your dopamine levels, um, yeah, then you get those other two neurotransmitters basically for free. And then choline uh, also plays a contributing role in that. It's the most abundant, uh, besides glutamate, uh, the most abundant central nervous system a neuromodulator, neurotransmitter. So this is basically how it works. Right? Neuromodulation or a neurotransmitter um, release, up, usually release, uptake might be altered, but usually release and then uh, is increased. And then of course the overall response in your central nervous system is heightened also. So that means increased uh, aggression, increased alertness, increased muscle contraction, uh, increased irritability, right? all the things that happen downstream. So uh, the way around that is to not take train, not take halo, or take a, a beta blocker, which lowers the, the negative effects of central nervous system stimulation by lowering a norepinephrine and epinephrine levels while sustaining dopaminergic and cholinergic response. Right? I hope that makes sense. And otherwise, watch the Entrepreneur Deep Dive video series. Yeah. Uh, Andrew W became a member. So many members, guys. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, bodybuilder Leo, is there anybody, is there any place to review the carrier oils for underground labs and compounding pharmacies? Allowable place to review UGLs? Uh, no. I mean, there's third-party testing. Janoshik. Uh, hopefully, I can still mention that website. Um, you know. That's for harm reduction. So YouTube, dude, if you guys are going to flag me for that, damn, dude. So that website, that place, you can send in your lab sample or your, your underground lab or whatever samples in, right, for testing. And they, they use their, uh, you know, they import it for you and then test to see what the active pharmaceutical ingredients are, right, or if there's any pollutants or, or if, if whatever is labeled on the bottle is actually contained within. And I had email conversation with them not too long ago asking them if they can test for the carrier oils, but they can't. They can't. There's no way to test for the carrier oils besides what I mentioned in this video, in the videos, um, you know, by, by wiping the ink off a syringe or, or, you know, doing small injections, doing your high sensitivity C-reactive protein test. Unfortunately, there's no place to test for this. This is why always my recommendation has been stick with pharmaceutical grade unless it's a righteous oil or ethyl oleate or um, they don't mention the carrier oil on the bottle and then you just spend your money elsewhere, you know. So uh, homebrew or, or stick with pharmaceutical. I, I don't trust underground labs anymore, man. It, I've seen so many horror stories. I've done so much blood work. 
And I'm sure there's good underground labs out there. You know, you have all these guys that ask me, yeah, but Steve, what about uh, what about Trend then? It's always underground lab. Nobody's forcing you to take Trend, dude. <laughs> and just because it's exciting and, and forgiving and you can do everything wrong and still get results, it doesn't, you know, I know it sucks. I know it's more expensive, but in the long run, dude, 10 years from now, you will remember these videos that I made and you will understand. <laughs> but it will, it, will, it will take decades for this fitness industry to catch on. Really. It will take decades. And even then, you know, the people who are not interested in, in learning, they will keep making those same mistakes and the underground labs will continue to take your money and fuck your health up. All right. Niels, let me see if there's a question attached to that. Here it is. Hey, Steve, I recently had suffered an arrhythmia heart attack, something similar to AFib. Watching your videos, I've been using taurine, ubiquinol, vitamin K, and I'm on metaprolol XR, so it's a beta blocker, and doing cardio 30 minutes until scheduled on heart MRI in March. Why the fuck is it in March? You had an, you had AFib, right? You had an arrhythmia. It might not be in a heart attack unless it's been diagnosed by a doctor. Why the fuck is it taking so long for you to get an MRI? Is that is that because of the medical system where you live? Dude, you you can book a ticket to Thailand today. And I can get you in the MRI machine within two days of landing. And then you know. Why Why wait? Why wait? I'm sure it's not your fault. Right? I'm sure it's not your fault. Um, any other supplements or anything I should look into or should I avoid? I, I would avoid all stimulants and, and call your doctor uh, that you have chest pain and tell them to hurry the fuck up. Because if you, if you have issues with your heart, they should help you right away. And if they don't want to help you, just walk into the ER and say you, say you have chest pain. Just just fake an injury. Don't don't. These fuckers at the medical system, they don't give a shit about your health. You have to give a shit about your health. And if you're worried, and if you come to a point in life where you have to ask some random dude on the internet, which you shouldn't be doing if you have a serious medical condition, walk into the ER, tell them you have chest pain, fake fainting, whatever, whatever the fuck you need to do to get some sort of diagnosis done. That's what I would do. I, I would not hesitate, right? But I'm in a luxury position. I can just walk into a, a private hospital, show my credit card, uh, present the fuck load of money on table if I want to get shit done. But that's me. That's one of the reasons why I moved here. I can get anything done in 24 hours. <laughs> I don't need to fake a heart attack and go and walk into the ER. But if that's not the case for you, where you can flaunt money and get shit done, then you have to play the victim. Sorry, I have to be this brutal, but I don't want you to wait until March. That is obscene. Fuck the medical system. No. So please, Niels, get it done tomorrow. Get it. Do it today if you can. Right? I feel fine. John Meadows also felt fine, and then he he still was smart enough to get to the hospital, and he got you know they diagnosed his first heart attack. Unfortunately, he was not able to overcome that and and a heart attack later on. So, uh, or, 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 fuck, what was it? Some, I don't know, something. Right? Don't wait with this, man. Don't fuck around with this shit. And if they say, you'll you'll be fine, no. You'll be fine when you have the MRI or the ultrasound or the CT scan or the echocardiogram or the electrocardiogram in front of your nose, knowing that you're fine. You're not going to wait until March. Please. Now we have enough heart attacks already. All right, next one. 
Steve, first cycle here, 500 milligrams of testosterone anything per week. And I was wondering if I should uh, take aromacin right off the bat. Also, watch your HCG video and had planned on adding that into your cycles. Thoughts? Uh, your dose is too high? I made a video about first cycles. Let me link it down below. First, actually, I'd made several videos. How to design your first cycle. Every fucking time. You know, when you record a video and then you have to watch it back. Oh, why, why did I get it? I can remember. I remember some of these videos by heart. <laughs> All right. So your dose is too high. I linked the first cycle video design down below. I might add a couple more in later. Uh, let's start with 250 milligrams of test. Better yet, start with HCG monotherapy. Do your blood work after four weeks. Right? I discussed that in the HCG, HCG monotherapy video. Let me link that down below. Uh, all right. Third one from the top. All right, give HCG monotherapy a try to, try to see what your testicular potential is. 250 IOS HCG three times a week for one or two weeks. See if you feel good. If you don't feel good, increase it to 500 IOS HCG three times a week for one or two weeks. Increase it to 1,000 IOS per, uh, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for two weeks. And then if you want, increase to 1,000 IOS every single day, which in most cases is not required. Um, whenever you start to feel good, and you're like, holy shit, my libido is great, and I'm getting bigger pumps, and I'm getting a little bit fuller, but also a little bit watery. You're going for blood work, you check your serum estradiol levels, your total testosterone, your SHBG, uh, et cetera, right? All the markers you want to test if you're there anyway, and you're drawing blood, and you're puncturing holes in your veins, might as well draw as much blood as you need to to check all of your other markers at the same time. And then, and then... Uh, see where you're at. See where your testosterone levels are at. Maybe you don't even need 500 milligrams of test, which I think is way too high. Okay, so, but you probably already set yourself on a cycle of testosterone. You see where your HCG can take you. You drop the dose to 250 IOS three times per week, which is a maintenance dose, or you take it out completely. Uh, that's entirely up to you and how high your serum estradiol levels are after this HCG monotherapy protocol. Then you add in 250 milligrams testosterone anthate for four weeks. You check your blood work parameters again. See what is different on your total testosterone and your serum estradiol levels compared to HCG monotherapy. Then decide if you want to reintroduce HCG, which eventually you should for testicular function. And then uh, based on that, you can kind of guesstimate if you need an aromatized inhibitor or not. Were your estradiol levels high disproportionately on HCG monotherapy? Were your estradiol levels high disproportionately on a 250 milligrams testosterone? They will surely be higher on tests plus HCG, right? And it could be 6.25 milligrams aromacin Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or 12.5 milligrams aromacin Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or maybe even 25 milligrams aromacin Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But we don't know because we don't know your blood work. So everybody knows what the answer is going to be. Blood work, blood work, blood work, blood work. VV, uh, Thailand Lifestyle Curiosity. <laughs> Thailand Lifestyle Curiosity. Question here, Steve. Uh, did you have to pay Sinsa to marry Miss Vigors? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> Is that still a thing in Thailand? Uh, yeah, it could be a thing. So for the uninitiated, I mean... A little bit hot in here, but now it's good. Uh, for the uninitiated, a sinsot is a uh, dowry, which is presented as a, a pile of money uh, during the, the wedding. Now, that is very traditional. 
um, the family might demand that um, as uh, a showing of respect or showing of what the the bride is worth. Um, but we didn't do that. No, no, because her family understood that I made my wife very financially secure. She was already doing well when we met. Way better than I expected, way better than most of the women I ever met here. She was doing very well. A private tutoring, math teacher, personal training, right? Hustling a little bit on the side with, you know, some some personal training and, and reselling of supplements, right? So she had like four or five streams of income when I met her. And then when we met and I, I, you know, started coaching her and she started becoming popular and she became on TV and she got better clients and I showed her how to increase the rates of her PT and I showed her how to phase off the tutoring and I showed her how to make more money reselling supplements and stuff. I basically turned her into a very successful, very financially secure woman by showing her how to, not by giving her money. Uh, her family was fucking pleased, right? Obviously. So... I never had to pay Sinsot or never had to show any money because they knew that the quality of my uh, wife's life was tremendously increased uh, by, you know, being in a relationship with me. And my quality of life has tr increased tremendously as well because I took many of her advices and, and leveled up my own entrepreneurship also. So for me, for me, it was never required. But I've talked to guys who had to do a sin side of a million baht, two million baht, 10 million baht, 30 million baht. And it depends on who you marry into and what the family wants. And in many cases, it's just there a show. You get the money right back. <laughs> so if you want to make it into a fucking spectacle, which our, our marriage was a fucking spectacle also. I mean, we had well, the Easton Hotel. We we rented off the entire pool area. So we had an outside wedding in, in April. Fucking hot. Not a good idea. <laughs> and then uh, basically all the cool people of the fitness industry came. And guess what? Guess who was not invited? Victor Blackmail was not invited to my wedding. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's so sour. <laughs> but everybody else, all the people who matter in the fitness industry in Thailand were there at my fucking wedding, right? So we had all the muscle. We had all the glamour, all the glitz. We got a huge fat discount because I knew the, the, the general manager of the Easton Hotel. We got a, We basically broke even. Yeah, because people were very generous. Now, if there was a sin sod there, the generosity of the people would have not changed. Because everybody knows that this inside is just there a stack of money um, as a display of uh, the perceived value of the bride. And I think that's, you know, based on my culture, I think that's something very uh, outdated. And it's something I don't understand because it's not in my culture. But for them, uh, for certain type of people, that might be very valuable and very uh, important, especially if you marry into, you know, celebrity, uh, you know, high so status um or 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 incredibly uh poor people where it's also important <laughs> and that's it's probably more important for the people who, who come from the countryside than it is for the people who i saw like for the people in the countryside let's say you this is just general talk right so let's say you may you marry a girl that you meet i don't know in patia and it comes from the farm right she's in patia to make money because her family is poor and then you know whatever in your own silly uh, reasoning you decided to marry her which is a terrible idea but people do that and the family demands a sin side of let's say uh, a million bots and right? a whoop de do thirty thousand uh, dollars that you'd not get you don't get back that you don't get back but if you put up 30 million bots a million dollars 
uh, if you marry a girl that is, you know, secure, comes from a good family, well-connected, uh, politicians, police, military, etc., lawyers, uh, that thirty thousand, that thirty million budget you get back right away <laughs> because they don't fucking need your money. It's just there for display, dude. It's just there for display. So it it, it really depends. I never needed to do that, and I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have done it if they asked. Um, because I made my wife a multimillionaire before uh, we ever got married, right? That's in Thai bot, though. Or I helped my wife become a multimillionaire in Thai bot. So it, it's it's not required. Let's see, soul in a fish bowl. <laughs> well, I know where that's coming from. Uh, hey, Steve, toward. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a whole street of fish bowls here in thailand yeah rachida uh for the guy that was on trend you don't have to go to patty you just go to rachida there's a whole line of fish bowl uh fish bowl soapy massages fun hey steve towards the end of a 24-week cycle of 600 milligrams testosterone and 600 milligrams eq cycle and last blood work came back with single digits uh, estradiol oh wow okay despite 500 ios hd three times weekly single digit Hmm, that's a lot of aromatized enzyme inhibition. Would you suggest increasing the testosterone HG to raise the estradiol or some combo? Uh, well, it's been 24 weeks, so hopefully all of your other blood work parameters are good. But in your case, I would maybe go to 750 test and 500 EQ or 450, right? Because it's probably 300 milligrams for one milliliter. So instead of two cc's, you go to one and a half cc's, that's 450 milligrams EQ. And uh, if it's cipionate, you're doing three cc. Oh, it's test E. Uh, yeah, 750, right? Most test E's is like 250 milligrams for one milliliter. Unless you're taking 300 milligrams for one milliliter, then it's uh, two and a half cc's. Right? Two and a half cc's test E, one and a half cc's EQ. Keep the HCG the exact same and check it again about four to six weeks. Keep in mind that EQ has a very long half-life, so it might take a little bit longer for the aromatase enzyme inhibition from EQ or dihydrobaldenone or some of its other metabolites, right? ADD, 1AD, uh, whatever metabolites are abbreviated to. Um, yeah, those is uh, that is something you need to do. So. Uh, proceed ahead. You're basically taking 150 milligrams of your EQ and, and increasing your testosterone dose with that. So the anabolic load is the same. The HCG dose is the same. And then four to six weeks later, you see if your estradiol levels are still single digits. And if that's the case, then uh, yeah, maybe 300 EQ and a gram of test. Now it gets fun. All right, but do your blood work first. All right. All right, it's like a super chat flood, guys. <laughs> I want to answer other questions, but I got to... And I think I'm fucking far behind. <laughs> Sorry. 220 people in the chat. I hope you guys are liking. I hope you guys are liking the live stream. Otherwise, I'm going to rage quit. Aaron Hurl. Uh, let's see. Steve, I watched your Carol video and inquired on my estradiol, on my estradiol. No, my, my source, okay, I was told MCT oil with 12 to 20% benzobenzoate. The bottle says uh, carry oil quantity sufficient. Yeah, I've been around the block. I know these fuckers. Last blood work showed high sensitivity C-reactive protein greater than 10. Trash it. Yes. Yes, because benzobenzoate, I've, I've, there, of course, there are people who are allergic to benzobenzoate, but it's like, it's very rare 
It's very rare, and it's even rarer that people are allergic to benzyl alcohol. Keep in mind that benzyl benzoate metabolizes into benzyl alcohol. Um, your C-reactive protein is greater than 10. Trash this product. Don't inject anything for two weeks. Right? The, 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 whatever you're taking is... Uh, will still stay in your system so you'll still you'll not, you won't be androgen efficient in two weeks but it's enough time for the oil to metabolize and your c-reactive protein to come down now it could be that your hscrp is still 10 and that means you're getting inflamed from something else maybe this product is good but maybe you have celiac disease maybe you uh, have an, another inflammatory condition or you're taking something else that can cause you inflammation right i mean if you're vaping the vaping is apparently is uh, vape oil is propylene glycol <laughs> so you're inhaling that i cited in the comment section of the carryall video so what about all this propylene glycol in the vape pens i didn't even think about that but yeah that could also contribute and uh, propylene glycol is fucking poison dude um all right so watch that video again about the the common causes of elevated c-reactive protein if it's not back down at least half within two weeks but ideally 0 0.5 to 1 milligram per liter then there might be another contributing factor yeah yeah and you, you can't trust these underground sources man you know they, they they think they got like some sort of magic formula which is all over the internet i mean all you have to do is go to uh base killer online if the, <laughs> that website is still available or you go to uh chase iron's membership site and then all the secrets will be revealed for a small fee you know so i wish these fucking underground labs would actually care about their customers no, they're killing their customers literally uh hey steve another vigorous saturday with the crew you mentioned that albumin as well as shbg are responsible for transporting androgens the taking is to reduce acne reduce systemic androgens uh Man, I can't remember. Honestly, it's been a very long time since I lo uh, looked into Accutane. Um, I know it, it's linked to depression, but I can't remember if it reduces testosterone, luteinizing hormone. I think it did. I think it did, especially at higher doses, just like Nabivalol, right? Or some other medications that, that uh, sex hormones are just lower in general. I think so. Let, let me fucking Google it real quick. I saw tretinoin hormone. Isotretinoin can cause alterations in the adrenal hormone levels. Menstrual irregularities. Isotretinone therapy decreases total testosterone, prolactin, dihydrotestosterone by increasing free testosterone. So that means it also lowers SHBG. All right. Well, let me link this study. I just read the fucking top. I just tip I read. No innuendo. I'll link it down below. And maybe I'll do some further research. All right. Next one. Uh, Kurt. <laughs> Out of all of your cats, do you have a favorite or does any of them prefer uh, you or your spouse more? I have two outdoor cats and four dogs, two Frenchies. <laughs> Kurt knows that more is better. Um, I know I love them all for, but for different reasons, right? I mean, I, I, Twin Rova was our first, a gray one. Uh, she's now a full-time lap cat, which is what, exactly what I wanted. In the beginning, she wanted nothing to do with me, but over the course of one and a half years, 
she is now uh, always asking for lap time. And the second one, uh, Mitna, she doesn't like any lap time, but she wants rubs, uh, you know, uh, belly rubs and scratches and that kind of shit. And uh, Zelda loves, I think they all love me. And I think I, li I love them all back. Uh, I, I like the outside cats too. I like Tiger more than Ninja because Ninja never comes for pets, but Tiger, uh, Tiger is now also a lap cat. The outdoor cat is a lap cat. Jumps right in. I come back from the gym and dirty as fuck. This cat is dirty as fuck because he's an outdoor cat. And uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have to clean them sometimes. He jumps right into my lap. I sit down on the porch, jump right in. So I'm holding him like a little baby. It's fucking heavy too. It's like five kilos now. I mean, this this is like the worst outdoor cats ever. I mean, if they see a dog, they'll they're on the attack. They see me and they turn into little teddy bears. Um, allegedly, I might get a new cat tomorrow. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'll post some pictures online. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my fault though. My wife's still been scrolling on Instagram, looking at all these catteries, and all these catteries are closing because they understand that uh, having a cattery is too much work. So um, until she found another one, yeah, and already paid for it, and I said, "Oh, it's coming on. Uh, what is it? Uh, Sunday, January the twentieth. We get another cat. Guess the name. Guess the name. if you guys know Zelda, the Legend of Zelda, you know the name." I have all the other names besides one name, so put it in the chat. IDDQD, IDKFA, uh, became a member. That's a deep dive for you. All right, David Faye. It's like a fucking super chat flood today. Uh, opinions on dulaglutide. How would you dose it at three IUs? Um, I don't like dulaglutide, but I only used it once in a single administration from the uh, the injector, right? So I did, was it 1.2 milligrams? And then I got like no fucking nausea and car sick. Um, so if you would do dulaglutide, I would start with 0 0.25 milligrams. Um, and I don't know how many I use that is because I can't remember the concentration. So you'll have to do the dubious calculation by yourself. 0 0.25 milligrams. So that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, one sixth of the pen. And I, was it one and a half milliliters? Ah, fuck, let's Google it. Oh, dulaglutide injector. Dose. Trulicity. Uh, is it like, yeah, 1.5 1, 1. milligrams is the pen, right? Looking at the pictures, squinting. Yeah, so you have two, two pens. You have Trulicity 0.75 milligrams and Trulicity 1.5 milligrams, 0.5 milliliters. Okay, so we're going to go with, uh, let's do some vigorous calculations. Everybody loves a good calculation. Soon we're going to go to the Bitcoin chart. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Uh, 100, uh, yeah, 1.5 divided by 0.5, no. That's the wrong way. Cannot divide by zero. Oh, great. I got to restart it again. Uh, 0. 0.5 <laughs> divided by... Uh, no, 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 no. 50. Okay, 50 on the insulin. The I is in the insulin syringe. That's what we want. All right, 150. 
Uh, am I still live? Okay. 150 times 0.35. Eight IUs. Eight IUs. Should give you 0.25 milligrams. Yeah. Could have also divided 50 by 6, right? Yeah, 8 IUs. <laughs> okay, so you take that Trilicity pen, or unless you get, you know, generic somewhere, um, and then you draw 8 IUs. Now, if you have uh, dulaglutide at 1 milligram per 1 milliliter, then obviously the calculations are different. Um, feel free to comment that a little bit later. Let's see, my... My glucose continue, my continuous glucose monitor shows blood glucose sometimes around 190 milligrams per deciliter 30, mili 30 minutes or so after meals. Is, is 130 meal and is 32 hours postprandial, even with 10 minute walks, fish oil, avid sound of vinegar, L card. Uh, did a minicon diet with metformin, but the doc seems unconcerned. Eating local glycemic index carbs haven't even been bulking. How can I test for pancreatic insufficiency? With 100 milligrams citagliptin, it never gets over 130, but the doc won't prescribe it. Okay, so next time you go in um, for uh, blood work, first check your hemoglobin A1C, take all, check all your pancreatic enzymes, that lact lactose dehydrogenase, um, amylase, lipase, and what was the other one? Uh, amylase lipase and protease is that protease or... yeah protease <laughs> all right amylase breaks down uh, complex carbs lipase breaks down fats and protease breaks down the protein okay so um those three check those and then you do a glucose tolerance test where they administer or give you 100 grams of simple sugars and then check your um insulin levels and glucose levels while that is metabolizing see if there's any pancreatic insufficiency during that test that would be the best way right so first you get a baseline of your fasting insulin and your fasting lipase uh, protease and amylase levels and then hemoglobin a1c might as well test it while you're there and then you do the glucose tolerance test to see where your insulin levels and your glucose levels end up and then uh, see you see how you need to uh, proceed but like if you do a mini diet with metformin, maybe the mini diet was not a mini diet enough. And, and maybe you're one of those guys that just doesn't produce enough insulin or doesn't have good insulin sensitivity. Maybe you're one of those guys that needs a ketogenic diet or full carnivore diet for a month or maybe permanently, right? So, so if there's diabetes in your family, um, then I would consider moving over to a ketogenic diet permanently. Yeah. So that would be my recommendation. Uh, hey, Steve, I'm 19. Any advice on significantly increasing my appetite to be at a normal weight by the end of this year? My body mass index is 16.3 right now. Okay, you you sound hungry. 10-minute um, walks. Since you're 19, I can't really uh, recommend you pharmacology, obviously. Um, but I've heard that, uh, yeah, well, no, never mind. Uh, be more active. It increases your appetite and 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 um, eat foods that make you feel hot because that increases your metabolic rate. So if you feel a little bit increased in uh, body temperature after eating a steak 
or eggs or some rice or, or some you know, sweet potato or oatmeals or healthy fats. Those are the foods you want to be eating because they stimulate your metabolism. And the more you stimulate your metabolism, the more your appetite will pick up. And it could be that the food sources that you're eating right now is causing you inflammatory conditions or irritable bowel syndrome or other issues in your digestive tract. And thus you're not absorbing the food that you're eating, but also killing your appetite. And if in doubt, uh, do blood work over at Merrick Health. You're 19 years old. You should be able to get a referral if you live in the United States. Check for anything that you think is irrelevant and otherwise discuss that with a healthcare provider, right? I'm 19 years old. My body mass index is pretty low. I want to increase my weight. They should be able to help, right? But the last thing you want to do is start resulting to appetite increasing drugs. Um, you need to dial in your nutrition first, right? It, it could be that you're just eating the wrong things and that your intestinal tract is messed up. Right? I mean, when I was 19, I didn't understand anything about nutrition or I... I, I I read about nutrition, but I didn't understand much. And even though I thought I was eating healthy, it was not healthy for me. So you need some guidance. And um, yeah, so you can increase your weight. I mean, going to the gym and lifting some weights, of course, also increases metabolic rate. Doing a couple, uh, you know, 10-minute walks, getting your steps in during the day also increases your appetite and metabolic rate. So basically, you slowly need to adopt the bodybuilding lifestyle. And if you give yourself a solid one year, so if it doesn't work in a month, don't quit. Keep going. Give yourself a solid year. By the time you're 20, you should be able to eat. And by the time you're 21, um, you should be able to put on uh, to the body mass index of 25. But it takes time. Right? It takes time. So just be persistent. Right? Treat, treat this, if you play video games, treat this like a video game, right? Where you're constantly leveling up your character. And you know that leveling up your character is a fucking grind. Sometimes you just got to, you know, gold uh, farm farm gold or uh, farm uh, whatever uh, iron uh, for your armor, right? You just, you got to farm calories. It, it's, it's a fucking grind. You got to farm calories, dude. All the calories that make you increase your body weight and, and walk all over the map to, um, you know, to see all the sites increase your metabolic rate and go to the gym uh, just like in gta uh, three is three and four is before your time but gta or you can do push-ups and then your character gets bigger you got to do that exact same shit in real life too and you will level up slowly and steadily to the point you're jacked and uh, an easy lay yeah that's the ultimate goal right you want to increase your body mass index so you can be an easy lay but only nines and tens please IDDQD. Hello, sir. All right. 16 years old. Huh. Okay. <laughs> you guys know that I shouldn't be advising teenagers, right? Uh, I'm 16 years old. Did blood work. My testosterone was 849 nanograms per deciliter. Estradiol 35 picograms per milliliter, but prolactin was 90 milligrams per liter. Is it high prolactin? Okay. Um, I wouldn't say it's too high, but it could be towards the top of, I think it's towards the top of the reference range. I don't do any drugs and everything else was okay. Keep in mind that prolactin can be elevated from a multitude of different causes. Um, intercourse and masturbation can raise prolactin. Food can raise prolactin. Um, what else? Fucking, I have to Google it because I want to make sure you get the right information. <laughs> prolactin elevated causes you know at LabCorp they had a period where somebody sent it to me in a panic like LabCorp increased the reference range for prolactin to like 40 picograms per milliliter 
But then I checked it and they reversed it already. Oh, great. This is like fear-mongering. What causes hyperlactin levels in men? Medication, other conditions, hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism, kidney disease, shingles. Uh, man, I did research on this a while ago, but I forgot. And we're talking about hyperprolactinemia. So this is like super high prolactin levels. This is, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But your estradiol could be a contributing factor. Anyway, if you're experiencing side effects like libido issues, um, that could be a reason why your prolactin is high, but it could also be under eating, right? So it could be a multitude of different things. But I... I Based on your blood work results, I don't think that your testosterone is uh, low or your estradiol is low or that your prolactin is alarmingly high. So if everything else is okay, I would just proceed ahead. And uh, ideally, um, you don't take too much of my advice until you're 21 years old or late, uh, rather older. Yeah. All right. EB, finasteride was uh, working great with no hair loss on testosterone replacement therapy, thickening on minoxidil and ketoconazole, working good till a blast of 150 milligrams to 200 milligrams just a week. Now shredding a bit and recommendations. Dutasteride. Yes, but I would do that topically first. And I think it was 0.5% dutasteride mixed into your minoxidil or, or ketoconazole shampoo um, to block 5 uh, alpha reductase enzyme activity on the scalp locally. And otherwise, you can go with RU, uh, your favorite zip code after that, um, to block the androgen receptors that way. So RU is a, excuse me, RU is a topical androgen receptor blocker, and dutasteride is a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor. Um, and that, I think it's isoform 2 and 3 predominantly. Uh, I would do it topically, not systemically. If you're already doing topical minoxidil and ketoconazole and getting good results with that, then I would also mix in the dutasteride or the RU, uh, whatever the number is, and then just just let it work locally. Let it work locally because your testosterone dose is not that high, and, and feel free to check your uh, DHT levels. You know, see how high they are now compared to. Well, hopefully you checked your DHT levels before you went on testosterone, um, and it's not a blast. That's that's this is. You know, 150 to 200 milligrams of testosterone a week is is uh, TRT, right? If you if you, a blast is from like 500 milligrams upwards, so do it if you want to do do that, right? Sure, but topically mix it into your shampoo, 0.5 percent, and um, and give that some time, see what happens. Bill K. Hello, Steve. Kind of newbie question, but compounds that are known to cause legendary post-injection pain like boldenocipinate, they still do that if you pin them sub-Q or this applies only to intramuscular shots. Uh, they will still do that uh, sub-Q, but now you're not immobilized. This is why I always tell people to do sub-Q shots of underground labs first to kind of test the waters, see if they get post-injection pain. If you get post-injection pain in the subcutaneous space, of course, it will hurt just the same as post-injection pain in the skeletal muscle. But at least uh, there's no inflammation in the skeletal muscle to the point you're immobilized, right? You can't go ask grass squats anymore because there's so much pressure um, within the muscle because it's so inflamed. Now it's in the sub-Q space. And of course, it will still hurt. Um, but at least you could still get to train. 
So, uh, and then what you do is you get one of those massage guns, you go lay in a hot bath with Epsom salt, and you massage gun uh, your glute or whatever you pinned, uh, you know, until it's tender and red and sore, and uh, you want to hug your mommy and cry a little bit. And then you watch this video, which is no joke. People thought it was crazy. Uh, cabbage leaves. It's 10 minutes. It will open your eyes. Watch this video. Fourth one from the top. Cabbage leaf wraps. There's some sort of polyphenol in there that lowers inflammation, and you can get relief in one day. <laughs> I promise you, dude. I fucking promise you. Yeah. So if you have a legendary pip, if it's in the sub-Q space, it's less bad than the intramuscular space. Um yeah, and then get those cabbage cabbage leaf wraps. I think the red ones are better than the green ones. Um, I can't remember what the polyphenol uh, was called, but there is a compound or a multitude of different compounds in there which lower inflammation and um, and really help to uh, minimize the pain. Uh, LIGO. Hey, Steve. Currently on a recomp after an injury recovering on 850 milligrams testosterone and 800 milligrams DECA for joints. And I want to add 50 to 100 milligrams of trend for a mini cut 15, uh, to 15% of eight weeks. Do you think caber is necessary? Uh, well, I, so basically you're higher than 15% body fat. Uh, and if you want to get down to 15% body fat in eight weeks, you're probably 20% now. Um, I think that on 100 deca and 100 trend, you don't need prolactin management in the form of caber goline. Um, what is your aromatized en enzyme inhibition protocol? Because on this much test and this much deca, obviously you need to put some sort of method in place to control serum estradiol levels. I think if your serum estradiol levels are under control and you add in 50 to 100 milligrams of trend, um, it's probably a bad idea at 20% at body fat, but you're going to do what you're going to do, right? I think it's a bad idea. I think you can get down to 15% body fat on, on 250 test. That's just me. Uh, or uh, keeping 850 test and 100 deck the same and just uh, cutting down like that until 15%. And then if you're 12%, 8%, okay, then, and you want to go further, then you add in the trend, right? Don't play the trend card right from the start. Put it in later on. I don't think caber is going to be necessary, but if you don't have an aromatized uh, enzyme inhibitor in place right now, estradiol levels are probably sky fucking high because this combination of drugs is uh, aromatized enzyme, uh, uh, you know, activity galore. And if you're fat, then that's even more galore than before. And it rhymes, so it must be true. <laughs> so uh, do your blood work and take it from there. Yeah. Uh, I get redness and inflammation pinning ventroglut, but not much. When I pin delt, same needle size. Uh, any tips? Testosterone annotate 0.5 inch 29 gauge. So if you get redness and inflammation, it doesn't matter where you pin, you're going to get it anywhere. And it's uh, time for you to watch the Kira Old Deep Dive video. Let me link it down below. Really, guys, there's no, you don't have to get inflammation and redness. You don't have to suffer through that. Just buy something else. Really, dude. Just buy something else. You don't have to suffer through that shit. So it's an easy answer. Throw it in the trash and look for another...
underground lab or another product to run all right i think i missed a couple questions adrian what's up bro uh hey steve curious what types of medical tourism are most common amongst people who come to visit bodybuilding related or not um so i always recommend people to do medical tourism and guess what they get spend their money at nana plaza which i mean you know there used to be a blowjob bar called dr blowjob i mean if you consider that a, a medical treatment then go right ahead you can get a medical treatment there for about 800 to a thousand baht. All jokes aside, um, I usually recommend people to do anything that is a, a, you know, a headache back home. So if you want to do gynecomastia surgery and you need a referral and it's uh, mad expensive, you can do it here for $2,000. If you want to do an MRI or a CT scan or testicular ultrasound or an ultrasound of your entire abdomen, or your thyroid or, or you know, your heart or uh, whatever you want to do, you can do it here. All you have to do is walk into a private hospital and just get it done. I mean, Adrian, I think you, you got a lot of imaging here done as well, right? Because in Canada, it's just a fucking clusterfuck. So just whatever you want to do, you can do it here. <laughs> Anything you want, you can do here. Uh, and then you have a great holiday while you, uh, so uh, of course, you know, medical tourism, it depends if you have surgery, like gynecomastia surgery, obviously you need to recover from that. But if you want to do like imaging or stuff, it's just a day at the hospital and you have to wait for your results. So you can still have a great fucking holiday while you're here and do all of the imaging that you want to do, uh, unless the imaging gives you bad news and then, uh, you know, you don't feel so good about yourself anymore, right? Uh, and then if you're terminal, uh, then you don't have to give a fuck anymore and you really can go ham on Soy Cowboy and Nana Plaza and all these entertainment areas. Uh, then it doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoo, I give a shit. I got three months to live. Um, but yeah, if you want to do gyno surgery, you can do it here. If you want to whiten your teeth, you can do it here. If you want to put in ceramics, right, the veneers, you can do that here. You just have to well prepare um, where you want to go so you don't have to waste time visiting several different hospitals, talking to several different doctors. You can do all the research before you arrive. Or like in Adrian's case, you just ask, uh, you know, your part-time coach. And then uh, he does it all for you. <laughs> and then, uh, Adrian, didn't you go with my uh, assistant one day <laughs> to help you translate? All right. So, yeah, that is the way to go. But Adrian is in the friend zone. So that, that those services are not available for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But you can do anything you want here. Yeah. All right. No, I guess it's going to be a super chat flood. Sorry, guys. Uh, mentioned about EKG not good about hydropone levels two months back when overtrained from gym and diet. Testosterone 150 and uh, Primo 100 at a time. Now then echo everything is 100% back to normal. Back to biz. I'm happy to hear that, Jesse. I'm happy to fucking hear that. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 is the best thing to go right so you you're on a low dose you see something that is wrong troponin is elevated ekg is not good you uh take it easy you make the appropriate adjustments you retest everything is back to normal and and then you can proceed right i mean jesse does did the right thing he tested it twice if there's something wrong you make the adjustment then you confirm that everything's good again if it's not good you keep doing it until you're better and then when it's good um, you go back to biz and then later on, you need to do another one to confirm that you're not falling back into your old habits. Uh, because if you had it once, you can also get it again. All right. So Jesse, uh, you know, stay, stay on target. 
Right, put those photons uh, down the the, the shaft, and then uh, you know, photon torpedoes stay on target. You don't have to use your uh, scouter. Just stay the course, and everything and the Death Star will uh, explode. Right, so everything will turn out okay. <laughs> EB Finestride was working great with no hair loss and TRT. Thinking, oh wait, I already answered this. Did I? Did you answer this before? Sorry, sorry it took so long. I'm uh, I'm well behind on super chats and uh, anyway, we already answered this. Yeah, even Iron Grid said you don't need to donate twice. Do you want me to answer it again? <laughs> nah, I think your previous answer was pretty good. All right, feel free to retract one. All right, where are you? Oh man, I'm really behind. Sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> like 15 minutes behind. Well, all right, let me. Uh, but there's so many members' questions, so. Oh, a little weirdo. I just took a shower while watching Coach. I'm not gay. Well, it's at least it's not the other way around, right? That you're watching while I'm showering. Uh, Carlos, hey, that's right. The carnivore diet for a while made me made good gains, but high cholesterol and SHBG concern me. Do you think either high SBG levels on keto significantly affect gains? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, high SHBG, of course, you want like an ideal SHBG, right? Too low is not good, too high is not good because you do need a good amount of free testosterone to bind to the androgen receptor, but you also have activation of the sexual bonding globulin receptor complex with testosterone or other androgens increasing cyclic adenosine monophosphate concentrations in the, the cell and thus androgen receptor um, mediated gene transcription is enhanced and same for estrogen mediated or progesterone mediated so um you know look at the boron <laughs> that can lower shbg or or add in a little bit of carbohydrates uh, here and there i mean i'm doing a ketogenic diet right now with fruits post-workout four times a week and then a cheat meal once a week so i have uh, five moments per week where I eat a little bit of carbohydrates. And of course, in the weekend, it's a little bit more. Um, and my SHBG levels are pretty okay. Now, what was it? Like 45 or 50? But on, on carnivore, it was like 90. And you can see that with uh, carnivore MD, uh, Saladino, right? His SHBG levels are through the moon. So... You know, manipulate your diet, and and if you want to bring your SHBG levels down, uh, testosterone will do that, or proviron will do that, and then you can kind of have everything under control. Niels, another question. Um, all right, you're going to make sure that your heart is okay, right? Uh, my friend has been a semiglutide, zero point two five milligrams per week, and now split into two equal doses. Oh, that's pretty low. I recently switched to 0 0.5 milligrams per week and uh, still very little to no appetite suppression. Okay, so in that case, you just need to bump up the dose. I would go to 0 0.25 milligrams three times per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then if that doesn't do it, 0 0.5 milligrams, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then uh, one milligram, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is pretty high of a dose. I think half a milligrams three times per week is um, should give proper appetite suppression. And if that's not the case, then increase the dose to one milligram three times a week. But if that doesn't do it, I would reconsider where you get your semaglutide from because that should suppress appetites 
quite significantly. Uh, Brandon, Steve, when you when you retire in the near future, I mean, I won't retire, but I'll just work less. Uh, do you uh, feel like you've given almost everything you know to YouTube? I wanted to binge watch all your videos, learn everything I can. Uh, no, not in the long run. But I mean, there's so much more to say, you know, about life. And but but people don't want to hear it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so I make a video if people don't want to watch it. Um, I think I think I've you know let's say let's say you know the cryptocurrency and 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 you know I I phase out this level of intensity of work uh, when I have kids then I think I've given it my all more than most you know more than people uh, more than other people on YouTube more than other people who will put their information behind the paywall and then you pay for this service and then you realize that the information is fucking trash so I'd rather put it out there for free um, if it gets views obviously. Uh, I mean, there's always more to say, man. There's always more to say. But uh, I, I think I've given out a lot. It'll just be less videos, you know. It'll be less videos. That's it. All right? Not three videos in a live stream, and and or four videos in a live stream, and a podcast. And it, it's I can't justify it when I'm a dad, dude. I already have six cats, two outside, and then one on the way tomorrow, and a wife. Right, and then I do a lot of consultations, which you know, right now I think the the frequency and the demand for consultations and personalized by advice by email are good. But if I double my subscriber count over the next couple of years, then obviously the demand is going up, and then I need to increase my rates again. So, you know, plus uh, you know, YouTube isn't uh, YouTube life isn't uh, what it's cracked up to be. A lot of ups and downs. All right, where are we? Is drinking 78 liters of water safe? I'm 200 pounds. Uh, yeah, if you make sure that you match that with the proper electrolyte intake, then I think it's totally safe. Because, of course, if you drink water, you're automatically losing electrolytes. And if you're not supplementing with adequate amounts of electrolytes with while you're drinking this much water, then um, you'll turn watery. Your blood volume will be messed up because you're not, you know, you don't have su sufficient sodium and other electrolytes. This is why I made the video about hydration, right? And uh, the article, and how you need to balance all of that. So let me li link it down below. And that video is also due for an update. But there's so many other videos I need to make first. This is the problem I'm facing, right? I mean, I want to make so many videos. And then I always have to think about return of investment, which kind of sucks. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And there's only so many hours in the day, man. Dude, I mean, it's Saturday. Let's see, what day did I do today? Oh, yeah, I had two hours of consultations. <laughs> I had two hours of consultations. I did editing for two videos. I did scripting for another video. Then I went out to dinner with my wife. And then I had a one hour to watch some YouTube with my wife and play with my cats. And now I'm here. So who does that on Saturday? And then tomorrow, guess what? I have a podcast with Ty and Clark, two hours. Yeah, stay tuned for that. He had some big news. So I'm super happy for you in the flood of super chats. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad for all the other guys asking questions that I don't even see because I got to answer those super chats and membership questions first. But hey. You know, you know, and you know how it goes, right? You get what you pay for. If you don't pay for it, then you don't get anything sometimes. 
And for the guys who've traveled through Asia, um, if you go, if you're in Vietnam or China and you want to buy tickets at the train station, it's like a free for all. That's kind of how it feels. Like here, you have all these guys running around and waving their, you know, hands, and the guy with the, who wants to buy the most tickets wins. And that's kind of what. Uh, you know, the chat is all about the guys with the high super chats uh, just get preferential treatment. I mean, I, I put that, I didn't put the banner here. Oh, here's the banner. I answer super chats and YouTube members uh, questions first, then smart and fun questions second. Please refrain from spamming the chat because otherwise Iron Grid will uh, ban you so hard that you think you got raped in the ass. Uh, <laughs> all right, where are we? Where are we? Hamad MK, hello Steve. I know there's no way for, to know for sure, but what would you say is the lowest TRT dose to maintain muscle mass at 190 pounds at 13% body fat? Uh, one milligram per pound, 190 milligrams per week. Assuming you already have a good amount of muscle mass and this is not your uh, first rodeo. Um, so let's say you did a couple cycles in the past, uh, ending up at 500 tests or 1,000 tests or anabolic androgenic steroids combined. I think 100 milligrams uh, per week at this body fat percentage should be able to sustain all of your muscle mass if your diet and training volume is perfectly um you know balanced right like all good things in life should be balance is shit right ball sack chin purple alien um so yeah <laughs> uh but maybe you can get away with 150 milligrams you know but then again 150 milligrams 190 milligrams 200 milligrams you know, there's something to say for uh, injection conveniency and uh, injection uh, weekly dose calculations. So 150 to 200, wherever you fall in, whatever is easiest for you. I don't think that 150 or 200 is going to make any tremendous uh, difference on your blood work besides total testosterone and estradiol levels. Uh, but obviously you'll feel better and look better and are probably stronger on 200 versus 150 milligrams per week. Oh, I got a chat reset. Sorry, guys, I got to find. Where are we? Fred and Go. Man, we might end up at like $300 worth of donations today. Hell yeah. Does it give me a cat? No, the cat was more expensive. <laughs> uh, I was one year on TRT, and now I'm on 150 milligrams testosterone anathate every three days. My training is great and I have enough progress uh, through calories. Would you add more testosterone or grow on low pro, low dose primo when I need more? Um, so I just made a video about step-by-step -step cycle design. Might be the week after you would be, uh, I can link you to the, the previous one, right? I'm redoing some of my old content. I'll, let me link the old one and then rewatch the new one so I get two views out of it. You better fucking like those videos, dude. Otherwise, I'm going to haunt you in your dreams. <laughs> All right. Ballsy today. All right. So watch this step-by-step -step cycle design. I'll link to them below. Um, so basically, you can increase calories a couple different times before you need to add in more drugs. Of course, 125 milligrams. Is, oh, that's every three days. So you're basically 175. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100, 180. No, no, two, what? Two. <sighs> Calculator time. One, two, five divided by three times seven. 290 milligrams. Yeah, that should be enough, man. Add more food, Fred. Add more food. 
uh, increase your calories by 10% and watch that step-by-step cycle design video, but the new one will explain it a lot better. So basically, long story short, uh, every time you stall, your training is great and you have enough progress, um, but progress stalls and you add more food, but when the food is making you fat, then you can increase the drugs. And in this case, you might want to add in a low-dose Primo, 250 milligrams to match your testosterone and dose of 290 milligrams per week. So now you're basically doubling, right, from 290 to 540 milligrams per week. So that's almost doubling the dose. Um, and then, of course, the previous caloric intake that was making you fat, now by doubling the dose of anabolic antigenic steroids, uh, you might be able to recomp. Yeah, because your metabolic rate goes up, you get stronger, you can train harder, you have more training volume because you have increased recovery, you're already eating a boatload of food, and now you get leaner. Great, great, but I explain everything in step-by-step -step cycle design. Watch that video when it drops. Does exogenous testosterone affect the immune system? I think Derek made a great video about that uh, during the Fluorona, so that's not on my channel. Uh, I think there's some scientific evidence that, that testosterone and other compounds have some immunosuppressive uh, Man, what was that video called? Of course, Derek has like 5,000 videos. More plates more dates ah here this is a great video that derek did three years ago give that one a watch i linked it and he basically goes over all the scientific evidence um this is the one right some of the scientific evidence regarding oh, it's a 14 minute video so it's not that long um regarding uh, the, the effects of testosterone on your immune system but we do know that anabolic anadenic steroids a lower white white blood cell concentration and i'm still not entirely sure if that's by speeding up the half-life or by increasing uh white blood cell um you know metabolism like how they are destroyed uh, it just lowers white blood cell counts in total whether it's testosterone or other compounds Primo has some scientific evidence that it raises white blood cell count, um, but it's in HIV-positive patients. So they bring their low white blood cells up to sufficient white blood cells. That's why Primo was prescribed off-label sometimes for HIV uh, patients with immunos immune system uh, deficiency, obviously, <laughs> and wasting disease. Um, all right, so that's something you could look into. But from all the blood work that I've seen, exogenous testosterone, even at lower dosages, lowers white blood cell count to the point where you're at like 4,000, 4,500 uh, million cells per cubic millimeter, which normally you're like 5,000, 6,000. So that's a reduction of, let's say, 20%. Uh, Andrew W, I watched through your first cycle video, made notes. When researching this, I see that the growth hormone uh, tends to have insulin resistance. Is this true? I'm also diabetic. Okay, so um, read the scientific literature regarding exogenous testosterone on how it improves your insulin sensitivity and that exogenous hormone replacement therapy, testosterone replacement therapy, can actually improve diabetic conditions. Let me do the searching for you. Exogenous... Testosterone, diabetes. Uh, 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 uh. 
sister one. Ah, yeah. There you go. It's uh, tandfonline.com. Link down below. Give that uh, study a read. So if you go on exogenous testosterone first, and you do HCG monotherapy first, uh, yeah, HCG monotherapy, then testosterone, like what we just discussed. Um, check your metabolic markers and, in, you know, how you respond to insulin, because maybe you need to lower the dose of insulin if your insulin sensitivity goes up through exogenous testosterone replacement therapy administration, right? So you need to learn how your body responds um, with this additional medication in place. And then you need to see how you respond to growth hormone. Now, the insulin resistance that you get from growth hormone um, in many cases is um, easily manageable or easily to circumvent if you take your growth hormone before activity because growth hormone liberates uh, uh, fat from adipose tissue and thus increases free from fatty acids and triglycerides in the bloodstream which have a negative effect on how your skeletal muscle and other cells respond to insulin, whether that's from the pancreas or exogenous insulin, by inhibiting insulin receptor substrate one, which helps with GLUT4 translocation, allowing uh, the cells to uptake glucose. So if that process is inhibited, there's no glucose uptake or impaired, and thus the serum glucose levels increase alongside this increase in serum free from fatty acids and triglycerides. So if you take your um, growth hormone before activity with intramuscular subcutaneous administration, and you uh, deliberate it uh, fat, you work away through exercise and the insulin sen sensitivity you increase through exercise, then it's a non-issue. Even if you're diabetic, then it's a non-issue. But still, you need to do the blood work and monitor blood glucose levels to make sure that uh, you keep your health intact. Uh, I've started my prep for classic physique with monomilogram tessamorelin six times a week. Should I expect any changes in body fat? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but, but I will say that, of course, you're starting prep, so you're uh, more hungry. Your salmon levels will be reduced and your ghrelin levels will be increased. So you might have a... Uh, ideal circumstance where growth hormone secretion through the tessamorelin is heightened, right? But watch that growth hormone secreted gog, um, best dose and a deep dive video on how to maximize your tessamorelin, ipermorelin combination. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of growth hormone secreted gogs. I'll tell you that. And if you're, if you're prepping for a show for classic physique, why are you messing with growth hormone secreted gogs? Why are you not taking real growth hormone? You want to win, right? So, right, you want to fucking win, right? Why are you messing with growth hormones and creatogogs? Take some real fucking drugs. Do you think your competition is taking tessamorelin? Imagine you step on stage, you get second place, and the guy and the guy did one, right? Fuller, harder, drier, leaner, rounder, and you have a casual conversation backstage about your stock, and he was taking everything else is the same. You were taking tessamorelin, and he was taking growth hormone. How stupid are you gonna feel? All right, there's your answer. There's your answer, dude. All right. 
Man, I'm so far behind. <clears throat> Brandon, fuck, you're so lusty, dude. <laughs> Any sneak peek of what's coming in your updated daily supplement list? Uh, Mayo, you wanted you you wanted me to do the year-round supplement stack video. I mean, it's so far, it's so low on a priority list, dude. Anyway, if you guys want to see it, just spam it, and I might consider it. Anything new that I'm using right now? I, I, I added the Betator back in, and now I feel 10 times better. Right? I'm, I'm not really sore anymore. My mood is a lot better. I don't feel so fucking fatigued. Um, so all things are on the up and up again, and I can't believe that I'm promoting Betador HMD, but that was one of the key ingredients that I was missing when I felt a little bit uh, low and, uh, yeah, not so good about myself. My wife also gave me a good recommendation. She's like, when do you feel bad? I said, when I take my progress pictures and I look at the pictures and I uh, think I uh, look better in the mirror and then I take my pictures and I look like shit. She's like, I have an easy solution for you. Just stop taking the fucking progress pictures. So I stopped taking progress pictures and now I feel 10 times better. Because <laughs> ah, I suck at taking progress pictures. So I just look in the mirror after uh, the gym and a pump. And I see feathering in my quads. And even though I have no picture evidence that there is feathering in my quads, at least, at least when I see it, I don't feel so bad about my physical shape. Anyway, so that's that's about it. Besides decaro and acetol, which I don't think is working, um, I, uh, I didn't really add anything in. Alex, uh, have you tried peptide SS31? Yes, I did. Um, but I didn't feel anything. And that's from the compounding pharmacy here. So I think I ran... Man, it's been a while. I think I ran two milligrams intramuscularly per day for maybe two weeks. But I'm not sure if this was at the same time as MOTC. I have to check my notes. I've used it, but I can't say that I noticed a fucking difference. I don't know if you go to Reddit and you read some of the reports. Of course, Reddit is like the, the worst place to start researching about compounds. Um, but I, 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 it was expensive, and I didn't notice anything. Whereas with Mod C, man, it's like somebody's, uh, you know, shoving a rocket in your ass, and then you go straight to work. And that Mod C, you'll really feel. So no, I, uh, I can't remember if I, I, I can't remember what the protocol was, uh, but I know for sure that it didn't really do anything. <laughs> so. Yo, Steve, I'm dealing with some patella tendon, tendinopathy. I watched your videos already. If you had to pick one, would you do BBC 157 TB500 or 2AU's growth hormone to heal up? All, all three. So don't fuck around. All three. All three. Because BBC 157 treatment increases uh, growth hormone receptor uh, density in the fibroblast um and growth hormone administration along bpc 157 again that deep dive will drop monday so if you thought you watched the other videos watch monday 40 minutes of bpc 157 deep dive with the best dosages and the best practices included with human scientific evidence right 182 animal studies and two uh, human publications yeah, they're all contained within monday wait two days do all three do all three because there's synergy between BBC 157 and TB and uh, growth hormone, and there's synergy between uh, BBC 157 and uh, TB 500 or Thymus and Beta 4. So, all three, right? If just spend the money, 
can you use Fornandro per hormone as a test base for an S23 cycle? Thank you for your money. Michael. Uh, let's see, is there a question attached to that? Uh, oh, let me, let me see if I can find it a little bit later. All right, Mr. Camillo. Man, everybody's rich today. Did everybody get paid or something? My man, do you feel oral L-carnitine oral alternative having better oral bioavailability could possibly arrival injectable or is TMAO still a concern? Uh, mint guy returns. All right, mint guy. Um, so the TMAO, of course, it could be a concern if your gut microbiome contains the bacteria that can produce TMA and thus the TMA can convert into TMAO in the liver. Um, but from all the blood work that I've seen of people testing their TMAO levels in serum through Merrick Health, which is one of the few um, you know, uh, clinics that actually offers TMAO uh, assessment in Thailand, it's not available. Um, so let's say I've seen 50 results and I've seen positives maybe two times. But then I talked with Dr. Adam Hotchkiss, who's of course doing uh, hundreds of consultations every week for blood work analysis or reviewing blood work of the Merrick Health uh, patients uh, every single week. And he said he decided quite frequently, right? So, so my sample size is a little bit different than his. I think he's at this point, he's seen way more blood work than I have on uh, you know different kinds of people but I, I i've seen a fuck lot of blood work more than most doctors but not more than dr adam <laughs> so he said that it's quite common uh, but of course he sees a lot of blood work from americans and and yeah you know so it's general population america that goes to america health to get healthy again and i usually you know, talk to people that are somewhat healthy already and know how to put shit together so my sample size is a little bit different than his sample size still um it is a concern and oral L-carnitine L-tartrate is not um, as bioavailable as injectable. So if you want the same effect, I would say that 500 milligrams injectable L-carnitine is equivalent to 3,000 milligrams L-carnitine L-tartrate, purely based on anecdotal experience. And when we start comparing oral bioavailability, I think it's like 95% or something. So 3,000 uh, times 95% would be like, oh, 3,000 times 3, 3% is 90 milligrams. So that's one fifth of the 500 milligrams injectable carnitine dose. But I'm purely going by, you know, uh, how you feel the cognitive effects from a single administration of 3,000 milligrams L-carnitine L-tartrate versus uh, 500 milligrams injectable L-carnitine regarding cognition and then, you know, the, the energy boosting effects you get during the workout because it does make you sweat and make you feel a little bit hotter. Um, so, so I would say that that's very comparable, but of course, oral L-carnitine, L-tartrate, less like creatine, just like choline, um, can contribute to TMAO formation if the bacteria that produce TMA are present in uh, the body. And you can easily run a cycle of doxycycline, 100 micrograms morning and evening for two weeks in duration and kill all those bacteria. And then you can continue with your oral L-carnitine, L-tartrate. But if you pin mint, then you can also pin carnitine and uh you know it should be a much better way to go literally doing fasted cardio on growth hormone right now while watching this all right well I, i'm sure you're not the only one <laughs> get that fat loss in uh 
all right brandon kelly another 10 bucks jesus christ dudes you guys are generous today much appreciated <laughs> well let me look into the supplement shit uh let's see where are we Kurt Havens has recently shared the concept that T4 and T3 supplementation is better suited before bedtime rather than morning. Thoughts, input. Uh, it's a good way to stay awake. <laughs> I'd say it, but it might look uh, interesting on paper, but you start dosing it at night, it will just keep you awake. So this is why I recommend that most people who suffer from insomnia to take their thyroid medications in the morning and afternoon. Uh, you take half the dose of your T4 in the morning, 25 micrograms, 50 micrograms, T4 morning, afternoon at least six hours before going to bed and t3 the same right if you take t3 so if you take 25 micrograms t3 you take 12.5 micrograms in the morning and afternoon feel free to take the full dose at night see how your sleep quality is right it might make sense with the scientific literature but the real world practical applications after well over a decade of coaching um tells uh, tells me otherwise so i did uh, you know, scientifically, there might be a reason to do it, but there's there's always different practical applications. So I go with the practical applications, and um, you know, idealistically, there might be something to do for it. Right? You can idealistically, you take everything before bed. You can take your uh, steroid injections before bed, and your thyroid medications, and your growth hormone, and your IGF one, not your insulin, obviously, because then you might not wake up. And it, it might all look logically on paper based on circadian rhythm and that kind of stuff, but it's all super physiological amounts. And it means your sleep might be tremendously impaired to the point you don't even recover or have a boatload of night sweats, which exogenous testosterone and thyroid medication and growth hormone will all potentiate. And then how much are you recovering then? Right? Or how, how's your sleep quality? You might wake up groggy or wake up in a puddle of sweat to the point you sweat out so much, you lose so much electrolytes overnight. Now your fast cardio is even impaired because you know you're just dehydrated. So right, you have you have to look into the total picture. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Brent, damn dude, you guys are uh, on top today. I do use Merrick. Okay, perfect. Yeah, go check your TMAO levels and then uh, and check your prolactin levels if you're on the mint uh, sandwich. I might as well. If you draw blood, draw it for everything you want to test. Don't don't poke holes in your veins for one marker. Um, that's uh, not enough. Okay, Brent, much appreciated. Monday, the BBC 157 deep dive will drop. And then, uh, then we have a podcast with Ty and Clark, and then the Growth Hormones of Critagogs, and then I might have another rant for you guys. Ready. Holy shit, I'm at the bottom. Oh, we made it. <laughs> Look, let see how nervous I am answering all these questions. Look at all this fucking armpit sweat. You. All right, there's 225 people in the chat, but are there 225 likes? Make it so. Uh, Elias, hey Steve, I'm on TRT since October and I have realized that my testicles have started to shrink and pull up. If I implement uh, now uh, HCG, will it fix the problem? And if yes, how much shall I use? 250 IOs, three times a week. You're welcome. But let me link you another video because I have a video about that too. It's called These Nuts. Was it These Nuts? 
uh, uh, just nuts, right? Yeah, the cure for tiny nuts. <laughs> oh my god! It's like uh, two two hours of doing the searching for you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take your money. I'll take your money. So, um, yeah, your testicles obviously will shrink on testosterone replacement therapy because the luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone levels will slowly downregulate in the presence of exogenous testosterone and uh, higher than normal estradiol levels. Um, and yes, HCG will fix the problem. 250 IOs three times per week. Supplement with taurine. Supplement with carnitine. Supplement with creatine. Supplement with uh, selenium or get adequate selenium from your diet. Supplement with vitamin D3. Supplement with magnesium. I list all of this in the uh, D's nuts video because you do need micronutrient for testicular function and uh, HCG will work better at a lower dose if you feed the nuts what it wants all right and then come back in about four weeks and then super chat us again or super chat me again telling me how your libido is so much better and how your nuts are so much fuller and how your um uh, semen volume is so much better making it rain um if you're the kind of guy that pulls out um and uh yeah you know spreads the love topically man got it derailed again when you're 40 years old, everything is a sex joke, dude. Everything, everything is a sex joke. May, Mr. Coach or Mr. Steve, just say Steve, it's fine. Uh, have you <laughs> ever have your clients use Anivar or any oral for that matter? Sublingually, yes. Also, if there's any critiques to cycle, sorry, I'm 18. Okay, so you're 18, you're too young. It, it, it's that simple. It's, you're too young. What? You are lucky. You are very fucking lucky, Mr. 18-year-old Joe Reynolds. Um, I made a video, Best Dose of Oxandrolo. Now, if you watch that video and you take something from this video, that's what you take from that video is entirely up to you, right? I can't tell you what to do because you're 18. I think you're too young to take Anivar or any kind of performance-enhancing drug, but that will, video will drop nonetheless, and I hope that you are mature enough to make the right decision. That's all I can say. That's all I can say, right? I understand that 18 years old, the pressure is high to take performance enhancing drugs because all of your favorite Instagrammers are on the sauce and it looks like they're all um, making gains and having a wonderful life. Um, looks can be deceiving. All of these guys are in my inbox with blood work issues because they're like you, young, and they didn't understand the full ramifications of uh, what can happen to their blood work or in their overall health. And then they have to contact me and I'm not cheap. And these Instagrammers, I know they make money, so I don't do it for fucking free. But if you're not an Instagrammer that makes a boatload of money, then you probably can't afford me, all right? So it's very simple. You can make the decision right now to go on Anivar and uh, face negative health consequences which are not that dramatic. I mean, I think Anivar is the safest oral steroid out there, and it's certainly better than SARM, so you're already well ahead of asking me SARM's questions. Uh, but now is not the right time. Yeah, and I hate to say it to you, I know it sucks, but I would advise you to wait at least a couple more years. Yeah, at least a couple more years. And listen, dude, if you're 18 and you've been bodybuilding since you're 14 years old and you already reach your natural potential and you're really a freak, um, run that past the coach and pay them for coaching 
And if they don't make you do blood work, then, you know, obviously that's not a good coach. But there are guys out there who are willing to guide you if they feel that you're ready. But based on this, um, I'm not seeing you. I wouldn't say you're ready. So I have to give you the blanket answer. And it's, uh, oh, what? I'm 25. Yeah. Well, now, now I'm not sure, dude. <laughs> now I'm not sure, Cho. Yeah, I give you, sorry, I'm 18. And now you're 25. I'm not sure about that, dude. My answer still stands. Anyway, watch the end of our video. We'll drop in a couple of days and then everything will be revealed. That's what I would say too. I'm 18, what is this? <laughs> but I want the answer. No, I'm 25, dude. <laughs> nice try, little boy. All right. Yamalash, uh, hey, if I do TRT at 100 milligrams per week, my red blood cell and hemoglobin go too high. And my ferritin tanks after four weeks. If I let blood, I have zero ferritin. Natty, uh, I have okay red blood cell and ferritin. Never used to have this issue on any dose. Any help? Okay. Sounds to me that the increased red blood cell production and hemoglobin could be from um, uh, sleep apnea or dehydration or um, well, overproduction. Uh, from TRT because you were uh, androgen deficient for such a long time. So you have an overcompensatory effect, um, which will slowly kind of stabilize itself, but you might need to do blood donations. And if your ferritin is low, it's because it, your uh, bone marrow is pulling all of the iron out of your ferritin and produce red blood cells, which contain hemoglobin, which contains iron. So I would do it like this. Next time you're going hydrated, drink two liters of water before you draw blood for analysis, see where your RBC and hematocrit and hemoglobin is at. If you're normal again, no big deal. You don't have to donate blood. If you're still high, see if you have sleep apnea or anything else that can cause high red blood cell count and hemoglobin and uh, hematocrit. Um, you might have to donate a couple times and then eat beef um to sustain your ferritin levels and sustain your iron levels and your vitamin b12 levels while you're removing the red blood cells for your body to um, normalize over time right because you don't want your iron levels and ferritin levels to be zero because you need iron for neurotransmitter synthesis so if you over donate and your ferritin is low and your serum iron levels are low you have that alert on your serum iron um, then your neurotransmitter synthesis is severely impaired and now you might be depressed. So you really have to pay a fine line here. Check your serum iron levels the next time also because it could be that ferritin is low but ferritin, uh, ferritin levels, the serum iron levels are normal but ferritin levels are low. Um, and then you have to make the appropriate adjustments because right now I would say that uh, you're kind of stuck uh, because we don't know what's going on. Yeah, we don't know what, what is the exact root cause. All right, next one. Oh, this one I answered already. Uh, this one, Jack Dowling. Steve, can you explain the mechanism behind bodybuilders having mostly female offspring? Uh, I, I tried to research this, so long story short, uh, again, this is extrapolating from a multitude of different sources. It seems that the the Y chromosome is more susceptible to oxidative stress, um, which is the, the chromosome that produces men. You have X chromosomes and Y chromosomes. The XY chromosome produces uh, men and XX chromosome produces women, right? And then you have, 
you know, sharing between the, the mother and the, the father during uh, conception, basically. So if the Y chromosome is more susceptible to oxidative stress and steroids increase oxidative stress and training increase oxidative stress and training on steroids increase oxidative stress even more, um, the oxidative stress that you now potentiate on the Y chromosome lowers your chances for you to transfer proper Y chromosomes to the egg of the woman that you're trying to get pregnant and thus your chances of getting a male offspring reduce long story short thus you have mostly female offspring because let's say you fertilize the eggs with an xy chromosome but the y chromosome is damaged through oxidative stress now this embryo can't form and the the, the woman has her period because the egg implants and but it doesn't form properly and it just gets discarded and then when you do get pregnant, it's X chromosomes that you transfer, uh, which are not susceptible or less susceptible to oxidative stress, even though you're in a terribly uh, oxidative stress environment. Um, yeah, that, that is the, 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 the rationale behind it. But it's, it's, you know, the scientific evidence is we're pulling from multitude of different sources and we're not entirely sure if that's the exact cause. And I can't find anything conclusive, you know, occasionally I try to do more research on it and then I get even more confused. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, I have a lot of notes on this subject, but up until now, I don't have enough notes and enough clear um, data to make a proper video about it. Because if I want to, if I want to make a video about this topic, then it should be as correct as possible. But this is the speculated mechanism. All right. Hey, Leon, any questions here? Hey, coach, looking for some advice for my next cycle. I was thinking a 400 test, 400 primo, 100 milligrams of androlone, adding 100 milligrams of per week towards the end with three to four years of growth hormone. Uh, sounds fine to me. Yeah, if you have experience with previous cycles at similar dosages or lower, then uh, I'm not against starting at uh, 1,000 milligrams per week, albeit that I would still recommend you to start with 200 tests, 200 primo, 100 nandrolone, and then adding an anivar a little bit later. Um, because, of course, starting off high uh, right off the start just gives you less wiggle room towards the end. Like, you can probably make the same gains on half the dose without the anivar, uh, with the same amount of growth hormone for the first two months. And then when you start stalling on that dose of, let's say, 500 milligrams, then you increase to 750, right? And then make another month or six weeks or eight weeks of progress. And then you go to 1,000. So now the uh, duration on 1,000 milligrams is significantly lower than doing 1,000 milligrams for five months right after start. But if you're a freak and you need 1,000 milligrams to get started, okay, fine, dude. I get it. I get it. But even when I was like... 240, 250, 260 pounds, I would still start at 250 milligrams steroids per week and then 500 and then 750 and then 1,000 and maybe ending up at 2,000 or 2,500 milligrams in total. But that would be over months, right? So start low, build your way up. Watch the step-by-step -step cycle design video, which will drop at one point soon. Cole Hop, uh, do you have any experience with improving disassociation uh, often on cycle? I'm taking 400 tests, 300 primo, 200 deck, and 10 milligrams anivar three times a week pre-workout. Disassociation. You mean like anhedonia? <laughs> Could be the nandrolone. I mean, it has a negative effect on your neurotransmitters. Uh... 
Yeah, I don't know exactly what you mean with disassociation. I mean, I, I disassociate myself from the Western world also. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> I disassociate myself from all the drama. It's not a bad thing. Right? But if you're feeling a little bit numb, I mean, it's obviously a neurotransmitter imbalance. A dopamine serotonin uh, imbalance. And Nandrolone could uh, contribute to that. Some people experience uh, depression on Nandrolone. So maybe take that out. Take that out. Cruise on 400 tests and 300 primo and 10 milligrams anivore three times per week and see if your symptoms of disassociation improve after, let's say, two to four weeks after taking the nandrolone out. It might take a little bit longer because nandrolone metabolites stay in your system very, very long. Yeah. Luke Moore, what about Jay Cutler at 18? Uh, yeah, so... Of course, there's a lot of guys who take steroids when they're 18 or even younger. I mean, I knew guys that started 16 and turned pro at 21. Um, but that's one success story against thousands of unsuccessful stories. Because I know more guys in high school that took oral steroids from their father's steroid jar that ended up fucking nowhere. If anything, they look absolutely terrible right now. So I, I think it's okay to let your mind mature and 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 work through the process when you're 18 until you really really stall and really know what you want all right but if the pressure is too high and your mind is not mature enough then then go right ahead right i can't stop you from doing it and i think i provide enough information on this youtube channel to um at least keep you healthy when you're making terrible choices uh, and then maybe maybe when you're 25 or 30 years old you realize that yeah they were right but of course, if you see Jay Cutler at 18 starting and, and turning into Mr. Olympia and, and being a multimillionaire, it does sound tempting, right? And same for Larry Wills and same for all these other guys. They start young. But I tell you, for every Larry Wills, there's a thousand guys, a hundred thousand guys that failed. And same for Jay Cutler, a hundred thousand guys that failed. <laughs> and those guys you don't hear about. I, I do consultations with them. I've had consultations with guys that took SARMs in their younger years and they're fucked up, dude. They're fucked up. And again, how many people can actually help them? There's maybe maybe 10 guys who are actually smart enough to do that. And all of those 10 guys are expensive. So I'm giving you free advice not to do it. And if you still do it and you fuck yourself up, then you have 10 guys to go to. And then you have to spend proper money to get yourself fixed, right? To to compensate for a mistake that you made. So the advice is free, but whether you take that or not, it's entirely up to you. Uh, thanks a lot. I believe you might be the only person on earth that has that much uh, length on the subject. We are blessed to have you. Yeah, that's what she said. Fucking dad jokes, man. I can't stop. Mm. Ugh. Too heavy. I gotta send in my passport for proof. Late, not 18. Fuck, man. If I'm answering this in your 18, then I'm going to jail, right? And this is not Monopoly. So you wanna take Anivar? And you're 25? Let me find your fucking question. Where are you? I, this one I'm not answering. I'll take that $5, Matthew. I'm not fucking answering that one. 
Not, not even going to link you the Sarma Only Cycle video. All right, where is your question? Sorry, I'm late. Well, Joe, if you're 18 and you're tricking me and we ever meet in real life, I'm going to hug you so tight that your uh, your intestines will come out of your ass and your brain throughout your eyes. Okay, deal? Deal? Cool. Um, it's Mr. Steve. Yes, I've used uh, had many clients use Anavar oral, sublingually. Yes, works very, very well. Also, any critiques to the cycle? So if you take Anavar, you need a testosterone base because most people will uh, see significant downregulation of the hypothalamic pituitary testis axis, even though there's two scientific studies, one performed on HIV-positive patients and one on the elderly, that even 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams, and 80 milligrams oxandrolone doesn't downregulate luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone levels, but does negatively affect total testosterone levels and sexual hormone globin levels, but free testosterone levels stay somewhat in range. Estradiol levels have not been tracked in this study. So sublingual administration, 20 to 30 milligrams before uh, minutes, 20 to 30 minutes before going to the gym. 260 people in the chat. Holy shit, I feel I feel that's a lot of people. Okay. Um sublingually whatever the dose is that you end up being at with a testosterone base sublingually 20 to 30 minutes pre-workout and then you go to town but with consecutive doses you get a better effect right so it's not like uh, after two weeks of anavar you have like the maximum effect of the sublingual anavar administration the first time you might take it you might not notice anything but with consecutive doses the effect gets more pronounced on rest days, you can take 2.5 milligrams or the, the half the dose morning and evening sublingually or orally. If you take it orally, wash it down with grapefruit juice to inhibit cytochrome P450 enzymes, um, which would otherwise metabolize anavar in the intestinal tract, but you're not bypassing the, the three alpha hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase enzymes, which it seems that oxandrolone is metabolism resistant through the hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase enzymes because it contains an oxide molecule instead of a, a carbon mole, a oxide atom instead of a carbon atom at the c2 position and it's 17 alpha alkylated so it's a hepatic metabolism resistant but sublingual administration would be the best way to go so testosterone base hrt cookie cutter hrt i mentioned that in uh, many a video and then start with 2.5 milligrams and build your way up I think the safe dose for men is between 5 milligrams and 25 milligrams. Right? I explain all of this in the end of our video. And if you're 25 and you have some cycle experience, I'm all for it. But if you're 18, I'm going to squeeze you to death. Here's a five. Yeah, shake it, baby. Yeah. If you're 18, you don't go into this reference. And if you're 25, you also don't know this reference. But for all the 40-year-olds out there, yeah, blowing out your ass. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, did I miss a super chat somewhere? Not really. Man, it's already 2 2.30. It's almost time to throw in the towel, guys. Thank God. I really have to pee. <laughs> Zafon Billups, what are your thoughts on long-term sport TRT versus cycle for folks who are health conscious and want a stable above 
average physique. Uh, I think you should watch the video about uh, best dose of testosterone, which I explain exactly that you can run that for a very long time. Uh, but you need to lower the dose as you get older. So I think it's totally fine, dude. I think 150, 200, 250 testosterone is totally fine for decades. If you can keep yourself healthy and you live the lifestyle, you eat healthy, you train, you uh, you do occasional organ imaging, you manage your blood work, right? I think it's totally fine, dude. Uh, I'd be on TRT right now if I didn't have to get my wife pregnant, you know? And I'd be on a little bit more than TRT. <laughs> but I'll start with 150 tests because after being off cycle for over a year, um, 150 tests is more than enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's more than enough to get started. And then maybe I'll do 250 or 375 for 500. You never know, right? So um, I'm all for it, dude. I'm all for it. But as you get older, maybe when you're 70 or 80 or 90, I mean, the dose that was safe before is probably not safe anymore because you get less resilient to the side effects. And you get older and priority uh, uh, priorities in life uh, change. And, and then you might need to lower the dose to 200 or 150 or 100 milligrams. Or maybe you need to take it out and just take DHEA and pregnenolone, right? Or come off completely. Maybe you don't give a fuck at that age. Maybe you don't even want to fuck or go to the gym or, or whatever. You just want to, I don't know, just just stay alive. <laughs> like squeeze out another five years. <laughs> uh, let's see, Alexander, I've been taking 2.5 milligrams of Anivar for the past few months. First time uh, ever running it, would you suggest increasing my dose of five milligrams towards the tail end of my competition prep? Yeah, I'm, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. If you, of course, also exhaust all options, right? You you can look into DHEA, you can look into 7-keto DHEA, you can look into growth hormone, you can look into clenbuterol low dose, 20 micrograms, once or twice per day. Um, I think 2.5 milligrams Anivar um, is totally safe. And then, of course, 5 milligrams, depending on your muscularity and, and your risk tolerance, I think it's pretty safe also. Uh, no plenty of beta men who ran 5 milligrams Anivar per year for years on end and didn't experience any virilization. Uh, but, of course, it, it increases the risk, as I will mention in the Oxandrolone deep dive video. Um, and since you compete and since you have something to win, and since you are not shy from uh, taking IGF-1, LR3, or DES, um, I think for you as an individual, looking at those phenomenal pictures of you on stage, I think 5 milligrams towards the end of prep is uh, pretty doable. And if you would want to run some Proviron or Winstrol, I'm not against it too, because you compete. But I would limit the exposure to two weeks at maximum leading into the contest, which is more than enough time to get the cosmetic effects, but a very short window of exposure to the point to minimalize or minimize virilization on top of whatever else you're doing, right? I mean, I, I, I haven't shied away from Winstrel or Proviron for bikini or figure or, or whatever class. If it's short, right? Men would take Superdrol and Halotestin for two weeks, and women take Proviron and, and Winstrel or two weeks. Right? That could be a low dose of five milligrams or 10 milligrams. I think if the duration is short, it's safe, and plus there's something to win, so some sacrifices have to be made. And you know, I mean, if 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 you're second place and you take, didn't take the Anivar and the first place girl did take Anivar, then it's an easy choice for the next show, right? So it's chemical warfare when you compete. <laughs> Competing is not about health. Uh, GT750, is that a car? Is that a car GT750? Ooh. 
Oh, it's a bike. Suzuki GT50. That's a beautiful bike. And that is a beautiful bike. All right. Welcome to the Vigors crew, bro. All right, guys. No more super chats. I'm 48. Juke Nukem was the shit. <laughs> Mr. Camillo knows. I played the shit out of that video game. Man, I played the shit out of Juke Nukem 3D, man, when I was younger. Doom 2 and Juke Nukem 3D. And then you go um, you go on the, the dial-up, you know, with Hyper Terminal. And you download those, uh, those levels. <sighs> oh, man. It's all those modified levels and modified gun, uh, guns and the, the graphics. What was it called? And I used to modify the shit out of that. Uh, what are what is my thoughts on Apithalon? It's a bit difficult. I mean, it's hard to assess the telomere length unless you go to some sort of genetic uh, testing. So, you know, some people use it preventatively, right, to increase telomere length. Um, Epitalon is able to do that, but Estragalus root extract also increases telomerase enzyme activity, um, which has been scientifically proven. I take that year round. Now, does it increase telomerase uh, length or telomere length? I'm not entirely sure. I've never tested it. So um, there's some scientific evidence to show that Epitalon might help. Uh, but if you have cancer, then Epitalon might also help with cancer progression. So that's a risk. So... Um, uh, you know, Epitalon always, always recommended with uh, anti-aging clinics. I wanted you to run a cycle of Epitalon. Good idea, but I, I don't know how you would measure the effects. I really don't know. It doesn't make you look more youthful. doesn't make you feel more energetic. Um, it just makes sense on paper. It's like one of those feel-good drugs. Oh, I took it. I'm going to live another five years. It's probably not the case because we're not only taking Epitalon, right? Uh, when growth hormone is better versus MK677, um, when you're older than 25, because growth hormone secretion goes down as you age, and uh, the peaks of growth hormone, which I'll mention in the growth hormone secretagogue video, is uh, is getting less and less and less as you age. So by the age of 25, it might be one-sixth of the time you were in puberty. So I, I would say anywhere over 25 or 30 years old, I think that MK677 is just going to be um, not as effective as exogenous growth hormone. And by the time you're 25 or 30 years old, you should be financially secured to the point you can afford two units of growth hormone. Lazy fucking, no. <laughs> this is my reasoning, right? So just be able to afford it. Anyway, I watched that uh, growth hormone secretagog video. It will drop uh, next week. Brian DeFries, hey coach, would you like to introduce insulin? I would like to introduce insulin to my bulk, running Sustanon, Mastron, Tremolone Ace, Low dose building up. How should I use it? Well, there is an ebook that I have for sale. I'll link it down below. It's $99. So that's, uh, you know what? Uh, transfer the difference to my Instagram, uh, to my uh, PayPal account, vigors.steve at gmail.com. So if I see uh, a difference of uh, $94, it's $99.99 minus 5.99. Nine nine. That's what you transferred, right? Yeah, ninety four. Send me ninety four dollars. Vickers.steve at gmail .com through PayPal, and I'll send you the insulin ebook. So you already prepaid. All right? I give you six dollars discount. <laughs> that would be my recommendation, dude. 
Watch, the, read that fucking ebook. It's it's like the best ebook I've ever written. I should update my old ebooks, but unfortunately, everybody um, just copies my shit for free, and that hurts. So I don't feel incentivized to update them or write new ebooks because there's only so many hours in the day. All right, Sebastian, best supplement and PD protocol to be vascular as fuck. Uh, get lean first, obviously, right? Because you can't show your um, muscles when you're lean. Missed my super chat. All right, let me let me check that, uh, Grega. Um, so you got to be lean first, then uh, telmasartan or another angiotensin receptor uh, blocker to increase uh, vascularity. Right, uh, reduce your blood pressure, but also dilate your blood vessels. You can use Cialis for the same purpose. Um, obviously, magnesium will help alongside of that. You want to control your sodium and potassium levels carefully so you don't spill up, uh, spill into adipose tissue. So you blur definition by getting uh, watery because you have too much sodium or too much potassium in your bloodstream. That's something you have to learn with electrolyte uh, management and water management. Watch the electrolyte video, and then uh, Winstrol which is a medication for angioedema. So that it actually pulls water out of the subcutaneous space is one of the reasons why it makes you so lean and vascular. Um, and, and that's basically it. Yeah, testosterone base, obviously. So, uh, you know, and maybe clean, it helps a little bit with skin texture. So the, the, the vascularity looks even more pretty. Um, so basically, long story short, vasodilation, windstraw to remove the subcutaneous water in, uh, retention, uh, carefully manipulated diet, low body fat levels, and then uh, muscle tech peak ATP or injectable uh, ATP formulas, injectable pre-workout, which will spill into adipose tissue, increase adenosine monophosphate into um, in, in the bloodstream, which also has a vasodilating effect. And then of course, AMP vasodilation plus telmosartan vasodilation with uh, winstrol uh, tightening of the skin. Vascular shit. Yeah, all right, let me find your super chat. Really? Oh, here it is. Uh, hey, Steve, I made one cycle to sell some annotate for 221 for 3M. For three months, okay. <laughs> Got terrible insomnia, testicular atrophy. Yeah, that's to be expected when you take testosterone. Right? That's what you signed up for. Uh, my test this December was, uh, testosterone levels on this uh, December 23 was only 273. Can I restore it naturally? What should I do, scared of TRT? Um, watch the TRT video. Because it will be a lot to, uh, and, and I also have an ebook about that, but I think you can get the ideas from the TRT, uh, from the, uh, for PCT video. All right, this one linked down below. So um, you've been off testosterone annotate for two years already, and your testosterone is still low. So that either means that your testicular function didn't bounce back. Uh, or your PCT was terrible, or your lifestyle is just shit, and we don't know what your testosterone levels were before your uh, testosterone annotate cycle in 2021. So 
there's a couple of things you can do to increase testosterone levels sleeping properly right uh, magnesium vitamin d3 taurine selenium carnitine creatine uh, what is this uh nutrition library nutrition library just made a video like two days ago uh about which um which over-the-counter supplements increase testosterone god this guy needs to trim his fucking beard God. All right, I'll link it down below. Give that one a watch. It's a little bit more in-depth than my video, but uh, you know, some of the supplements you recommend I don't really agree with, but he makes a pretty good uh, assessment. So make sure you follow the lifestyle that would give you high testosterone levels, right? Eating healthy, uh, taking the supplements that are known to increase testosterone, making sure you're sleeping to according, according to your circadian rhythm, keeping your uh, cortisol levels down and your stress levels down. And if that doesn't help, if your testosterone goes from 375 or 275 to um, 400, and it's still not enough, and you did everything right, and and you you might be able to try a PCT, but I think it's not going to make any uh, significant difference. Then um, maybe TRT is uh, the way to go forward. Yeah, that sucks, but or you can do HCG monotherapy. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. My testosterone is 850, but it, that or 820, but it also means that you have to take some sort of medication that you need to inject. So whether you inject testosterone or HCG or both, right? That's the ultimate road to go down. So uh, improve your lifestyle. Yeah, everything you can get can do to increase your testosterone level. It will compound uh, on top of each other, and maybe you can get your testosterone level back up to 800 or maybe 600 or 400 and then it's up to you to decide how you want to proceed i don't think a pct is going to make a difference because you've been off cycle for two years um but yeah it, it might just mean that either you're just in a terrible state of health right now and just improving your lifestyle will bring it back and if it doesn't bring it back and you still feel like shit on the increased testosterone that you might get then uh, then it's trt all right, guys, no more super chats. This is the last one. Uh, R&R, top five, five, top best, man, top five best bodybuilders of all time. Mm, Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler. Guys, I said no more fucking super chats. What's wrong with you? Oh, geez, there's so many. Fuck, fuck with the, stop with the super chats. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah, stop. Stop. God, you want to stop? I'm going to go to bed and then people won't let you, dude. All right. <clears throat> Top five best bodybuilders. Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler. Uh... What's his name? Uh, Dorian Yates and uh, man, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Kevin Lavroni and uh, the guy that also won eight times. Man, what's his name? It's late. This is why I want to stop. Uh, well, whatever you guys know. Lee Haney. Okay. Ronnie Coleman, Lee Haney, Jay Cutler. Kevin Lavroni and Dorian Yates, right? right? I'm just going to answer these super quick chats and then I'm done. 
Uh, any benefits to the recovery, healing, injury, growing, inject growth hormone into arms? No. There's no benefits to that. Uh, Caleb Ramsey, 600 milligrams test, Cipionate, 400, alone, 1 milligrams, Remedex per week. It's probably too low. You probably need more Remedex than that. Protein and vegetable diets. You're taking this much steroids? Still looking puffy and bloated like shit. Add Winstrel. No, take the Nandrolone out. Do some blood work, take the Nandrolone out. Uh, add some carbohydrates because if you're only eating protein and veggies, you're probably not getting enough potassium in your diet and electrolytes in your diet. That means sodium and potassium within the bloodstream is low. Your glycogen retention is zero and thus all of the water that you should be holding in your muscle is now spilling over into uh, subcutaneous space. Take the nanolone out, do your blood work, check where your serum estradiol levels are at, increase your carbohydrate intake, increase your sodium intake, um, and, and give it two weeks. And don't add in Winstrol, that's just the defeatist approach. If I went back in time, train as a young man, how would you start? I'm not sure if nutrition training differs as young men. Uh, follow Renaissance, Renaissance periodization. He's got great training advice. And... Um, and that's how I would do it. Yeah, but I would still train hard. I would still train to failure. You got to learn how to grind because you got to learn how to grind before you start taking steroids. Because if you don't learn how to grind when you, uh, and then you take steroids, then you're just not going to get the results. So this is why so many people who take steroids are tiny as fuck and pathetic looking and frail looking and skinny because they never learned how to train. At least I was natural for 11 fucking years. And I did Dorian Yates training and I did high intensity training and I did a D a dog crap training all drug free, all drug free. All right. Last one. Is this the last one? Jesus Christ. This chat is crazy. Uh, why do I have less side effects on training? Even though I'm two times the way the, the dose versus ACE, I did training 400 milligrams every four days. The only noticeable side effect was heavy breathing. Uh, maybe it's underdosed. <laughs> maybe it's underdosed maybe it's uh i don't know could be maybe serum concentrations take a while to rise or maybe they're more stable you know that could be a multitude of different things but um ace is just powerful as shit and of course if you double the dose versus ace then you can't account for the ester being metabolized like acetate is of course, uh, less percentage of the uh, milligrams that you inject compared to enitate. I think with enitate, you get about 70% and acetate's 85% uh, net trimblone uh, from memory. I'm not exactly sure if those numbers are correct. Mm. But if you double the dose, then you get more net trimblone. So it could be that it's underdosed. Any concerns on B12 levels being elevated on fasted blood work, 1,700 picograms per milliliter? Um, and it's to be expected when you supplement with B12, right? So it's just part of the game. If you want to get it down, uh, lower your B12 intake. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. Uh, which advice would you give an upcoming fitness influencer on handling transparency with PED use? Um, Depends on your audience. If they're all teenagers, then you say you're on steroids, but you never mention uh, what it is, or you omit it completely. Do it. Do the Sam Sulik approach. I mean, he blew up on social media. Uh, everybody knows he's on steroids, but he doesn't deny it. Um, and by not admitting it, um, he's uh, 
you know, he's not doing any harm. And, and you know, and the kids are going to follow what are going to follow what are impressionable. So, but if you have an older audience like I do, then you just open your fucking mouth and say you take steroids. But you also have to admit to all the mistakes that you make and all the problems that you got from it, which is uh, not many guys, even in our um, fitness uh, in a, a education space, are man enough to do. All right, plenty of guys talk about drugs. Not many are willing to post their blood work results. Even less are willing to. Um, explain which mistakes they made and even less are willing to put uh organ imaging online yeah so all you guys you basically got me <laughs> all right to my own detriment because i get a lot of shit for it steve why do you put your non-alcoholic fit liver disease online well because nobody else will steve why do you put your testicular ultrasounds online because nobody else will why do you put your uh, heart scans online and your and your cardiac markers because nobody else will so somebody has to do it might as well be me all right are the super chats done now suck my balls all right we're done uh this was crazy <laughs> this was too much super chats all right i'll let you guys know uh what the revenue said hopefully we can get up to 300 that would be a good payday um yeah, but guys, please, if I say no more two for chances, just stop, okay? All right? Oh, this, this video is almost done recording. Oh, it's already done. All right, let me close this off. All right, is it still going? Yeah, two two hours and 40 minutes. Okay, guys, uh, this was fun. I got to pee really, really bad. So enjoy yourself. This was the vigorous q and I'll see you guys next weekend. Sorry for all the swear words and all the, the innuendo and the dad jokes. But um, that's the only way I get through these uh, long-ass live streams, yeah? Okay. Peace out. See you guys later.